Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 146. Ooh. One day I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear, and it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy do who fans. It's another week on the podcast. Yeah. One four six. I should have gone one four six, shouldn't I, in the intro? Yes. Yes. With a female voice. One more sex. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> You've been practicing. I have all week. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard. We got some. Uh, do you know what, mate? I'm not looking forward to doing the news today. Oh. I'm really yeah. not. We've just had a very last minute bit of news come in, haven't we? Which is a bit sad. It is sad. Mm-hmm. I, I choked as well. You when did? I, when I said to you. I said, just, this has just landed in the inbox, and it's really sad. <laughs> but yeah, it was, we took a moment. We took a moment, yes. It's not all sad news, but a few bits of sad news, a couple of bits of merch, and then we're out of the Moth Trilogy zone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're back into, uh, into singular adventures. Yeah. Which has been... One of the best things about Series 10, really. Yes, yeah, nice to get back to those, those, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, like to this week's or last week's. Yeah. It's all time you want, isn't it? Yeah, nice standalone story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Good it, to have that it back. It is the, um, the hot and cold hit and miss Mark Gattis, though. Mm, I know. So that's a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is with Mark... Um, he we're, is a bit we're on, we're on first names, aren't we? Yeah, Mark. Well, he does listen. Um, <laughs> we are, the thing is with Mark is, obviously, the last one he did was Sleep No More, and we all know that he wanted to do a Sleep No More Part 2. Um, and the only reason he didn't is because uh, I think he's saying this is his last Doctor Who story for a while. It is. Yeah. And so he said to them off, didn't he, can I do the one I really want to do instead? which was an ice warrior story. So he's really only done it because like the moth and Capaldi are leaving and he thought he'd get in there before. Sounds like he's leaving as well. Although I don't, I don't know. I think he might come back to us at some point, but mm. it doesn't sound like we're going to get a Mark Gatiss or Gattis story for a while. So yeah. I, I, right. I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted us to sleep no more part two anyway, would you? But I, part of me wonders where was he going to go with that? Like how would that have worked? <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, there's part of me that's intrigued by it. I mean, I thought it was a rubbish episode, but there is part of me that's in, intrigued by where Mark would have gone with that story. Um, but I'm, yeah, well, we'll get on to the review, but I'm glad we got the Ice Warrior one instead. 
Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Because I think, I don't know for certain, but I think Sleep No More, we absolutely destroyed. On the um, yes, we did. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was very good. Um, and you absolutely hated it, I think, uh, if memory recalls. <laughs> yeah. I, think, uh, I don't know yeah. if you've got our scores there, but. Yeah, I think I used those words as well. I, yeah, I you really, yeah. really hated it. I mean, I I didn't think much to it. Um, I remember thinking there was like quite a cool little concept buried in there somewhere. But yeah, you really didn't like it. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I can't even find it. No, it was pretty low. I have a feeling you gave it like two or three or something like that. It was very low score. Yeah. So I'm. I'm yeah. Just, here we go. So I gave it a one. <laughs> a one. Yeah. There you go. Probably the lowest you've ever scored anything. Then it is. Yes. Yeah. And you gave it a 4.5, so you weren't scoring it very highly either. Blimey. Yeah. yeah, but even even that seems too high looking back on it. I think if I was to review that again, yeah, it was it was dreadful. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, um yeah, I mean it was it did come after the just the amazing Zygon inversion episode. Yeah, see I really liked that two parter. Yeah. I remember at the time thinking it was a, a real uh, you know, a it, gem. It was a really part of that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we gave it nines, 9.5 for me, that one. I'll be interested to get when we get to our review of this week's because, again, the feedback's been a little bit mixed, but it's been fairly positive, I think, on on this week's. But, yeah, not all positive. Um, And I've certainly got a few bits um, to say on on this week's story. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to getting to that one. I love that. Well, I've certainly got some things to say about this. Yeah, I've got a few things to get on my chest about this one. Why about Um, that? Yeah, but uh, I'll I'll hold it back till we get to the review. <laughs> have you done anything cool, who wise this week, or have you been lazy? Mm, no, not who wise. No, um, I went to a, a convention on Sunday, but it was a Blake Seven oh, convention. I saw. But, Blake, yeah. it was in honour of Gareth Thomas, who who played Blake. Oh yeah, who passed last year, and um, of course I'm always grateful because me and you did get to meet him, didn't we, at a Doctor Who. <laughs> that was weird. Convention yeah. in Chiswick. Yeah, it was yeah. very strange because I met Gareth many years ago and he was he's a really lovely bloke. Um and I got an autograph, but I never got a picture with him. And uh as anybody who knows me will know, I lo- I have this thing that I like to have an autograph and a photo. He has Otherwise, to have it. you know, yep. have to have the two. Um, so it was bugging me for years that I hadn't got a picture with Gareth because Blake Seven, I'm sorry to tell you this. Doctor Who listeners is my all-time favourite show. Doctor Who scrapes in a very close second. but um, So, yeah, I always wanted a picture with him. And then we were going to a Chiswick signing, weren't we? Phantom one. That's right. Yep. And, yeah, he just got added last minute. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I was I was obviously thrilled. I remember sort of saying, Blake's going to be there. And, and you were just like, and. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you're not a Blake ever. You're probably thinking, yeah. Um, but I was really chuffed because, like, yeah, I was thinking, right, cool. I'll actually finally be able to get a picture and you took said picture didn't you You took a picture of us together um and then sadly he passed away about seven or eight months after that event um but Mm. yeah it was very random because um gareth was never in doctor who um michael keating who who starred in i think every episode blake seven was in doctor who so you got that connection and i know um tom baker got a few mentions at the convention uh, this weekend because I think their paths crossed a few times uh, at different things and as I said Michael Keaton was in the Sunmakers with Tom Baker and that so there is a there's always been this sort of loose connection with Doctor yeah. Who and obviously it was 
Blake Seven was written mm. by Terran Nation, who, of course, you know, wrote for Doctor Who and created the Daleks. So there's all these connections. But uh, yeah, Gareth Thomas was never actually in it. Um, which is a shame. Cause he's a great actor. There was there was, a, there was an actress who was in it who was also in the Two Doctors. Oh yes, that's right, Jacqueline Pierce. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She plays Serverland in Blake Seven, and yes, she was. Um, um, oh, what was the character's name in Two Doctors? Santani. No. Whatever. Her name I can't was. think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listeners all know. Um, so yeah, there's always you know there's all these loose connections and lots mm. of the directors and stuff, and they all worked on the same show. So yeah, I went to that. It was really good. It was a nice. They had lots of stories being told about Gareth, and um, I got to have a really long chat with uh, June Hudson, who's the costume designer on Blake Seven, and also she did loads for Doctor Who. Right. Um, she most famously created Tom's burgundy outfit. Um, oh, yeah. For his last series. And uh, I had a really lovely chat with her. I've met her once before. She's just such a lovely woman. I was just, we were just chatting. But she, the reason I mentioned it is because she was talking about how fun it was to work on like Doctor and Blake Seven back in the day. And you got that from the cast. They were like, they were like, we all took it really seriously when the cameras were rolling. But as soon as they stopped, we all just had such a laugh. Mm. And, you know, he's saying, you know, he said, I don't want to be like, oh, the good old days. But it's not like that now. You know, he said, you sort of go in, you give him the script. He said, back then we were just like, you know, it was just like a massive family. It's like we all went out drinking and, you know, they had loads of stories to tell. Like um, uh, Paul Darrow was saying he saw Tom Baker recently in the Big Finish studio and, and uh, they were having a laugh and stuff. And it was just like, I don't know, you just get this real warmth about this sort of 70s, 80s era of television from from what they were saying. And, uh, you know, I could just picture it all. Um, and what they did, they started moaning about the BBC bar, uh, BBC Canteen, the infamous BBC uh, yes. Canteen. Yeah. Um, there was some funny story about that. I can't remember what it was. Um, and then they were like, you do realise that the original... Uh, dinner lady is in the room today and they were like they were laughing thinking it was you know they were joking but she actually was they they pointed her out. she's actually stood by the door and she didn't look very happy oh. so i think they were moaning about a uh, soggy <laughs> <laughs> soggy bean you know pudding or something i don't know because uh, they were saying one of the cast got banned from the bbc canteen for being rude about the food or something but yeah she was actually there and it was a really good day mate i, I enjoyed it so not not technically a doctor who event but um there was certainly Close enough yeah, there was bits of Doctor Who mentioned, and uh, yeah, Tom Baker was mentioned a few times. Uh, there was quite a few stories about him, actually. So yeah, it was really, really good. So I haven't really done anything else Doctor Who-wise, um, apart from, and this is very loosely connected, um, and I am well, <laughs> I'm well, uh, what's the saying? Um, I'm well behind in, in joining this group, but I finally started watching Broadchurch Oh, wow. uh, from right. series one yeah, i never watched it because i kept missing it and i thought I, w- I won't know what's going on so i've gone back to series one of Broadchurch um this week and i've been box setting it and watching three or four episodes at a time and i'm sure our listeners know but just in case you don't the connection is of course the amazing david tennant mm-hmm. he is so good in it he is isn't he's he? yep. just brilliant in it yeah i'm just the whole time i'm watching it because he's playing quite a sort of grumpy very disheveled cop you know policeman mm-hmm. in it um i just keep thinking oh I'd, you know he, he's just such a good actor and i just keep thinking of him as the doctor and i was thinking actually i kind of wish he'd brought a bit of that to his doctor <laughs> that sort of slightly less comedic this more sort of you know no nonsense um i suppose he was a bit more like that towards the end but yeah but yeah so i've been watching that and i've just finished series one so that's cool but so nothing doctor who wise but lots of doctor who connections this week for me nice <laughs> nice yeah what about yourself yeah, not much really. Um, talking of Blake Seven, actually, I'm going to have to make the effort and at least watch 
you know, mm-hmm. the first series or whatever of that. But I remember the first time you guys telling me about it, it was at, it was at a convention at the Windsor Hotel. No, Windsor. not the Windsor Hotel. In Windsor. Oh, Slough. It, yeah. Or Slough, yeah. Um, what was the name of the hotel? It was, a, I think it was Day of the Doctors. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, we had done a, a bunch of stuff. So we'd, we'd, we'd already met a few people and had pictures and stuff. And we were at the bar having some drinkies. So this was like one or two pints in. Yeah. And you had said to me, well, you're going to have to bear with Blake Seven because after the first series, Blake just doesn't come back. <laughs> the actor who played Blake <laughs> got the ump and didn't want to come back and reprise his role. So he's only... <laughs> Only in it for one, for one series, and that had me laughing. So, listeners, I'm I not. Don't, yeah, I guess I don't want to give away too much, <laughs> just in case you ever watch it. No, he's, he's in two series. I did four series of Blake Seven, um, and he, <laughs> massive spoiler, he he's not in the final two series, um, but it's still called Blake Seven. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, it's funny yeah. because, well, the thing is with Blake Seven, I suppose. Here we go. I love it because I grew up with it. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it had a had a worse budget than Doctor Who. I mean, the effects of spaceships in it, you know, a lot of people will just laugh at them now. But the thing is about it is the characters, mate. That's why I say you can't just, you know, if you dip into one or two, you might just think, well, what's good about it? But if you watch it from the start and you get to know the characters, the, they are that's what makes the show. The characters in it are just brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to say much more <laughs> about Blake because I don't want to ruin it. You know, if anyone ever does decide to give it a go yourself included um yeah you'll see <laughs> oh, mate it was so you'll, funny you'll see what happens to blake uh, yeah and i can't i can't sort of put this across succinctly to our our listeners but i laughed so hard at that that i had i, I almost stopped breathing for a few seconds and then i had to stop what i was doing go to the toilet i think and then yeah i, I it was just the funniest thing it's just the way you said it as well yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll have to make the effort. And, uh, yeah, I always say, I always say, watch it from the start, though. Yeah. I mean, you, they are standalone episodes, but you get to know the people as you watch it from the beginning. That's why I like it. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> one day put it put it on your list. One day, your long list of many things to do. Yes. Yeah. I've not been up to much, mate. I'm talking of. Uh, it's kind of a weird link, but I've had a bit of a tenant week, if you like. Have you? Yeah, I started the uh, a, a bit of a tenth Doctor marathon. Oh, yes, I saw, actually. Yeah, yeah. so I, I yeah, so the Christmas Invasion. I really like that one. Yeah. Do you know what? It's not Christmas, but sod it. Even though Stuck he spends on. half of it in bed, I really like that story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I watched right through until The Army of Ghosts. Oh, blimey. I haven't watched that for a long time. Yeah, we haven't reviewed it yet, so Ooh. keep them. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We haven't done yeah. that one, have we? No. We have reviewed New Earth, though, which is not great. That isn't. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not one of the better ones. What's the one after it? The monk one or the yeah, the werewolf one? That's not bad. That's good. Tooth and Claw. Which we've reviewed. Yeah, that's a good yep. one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great uh, series, yeah. No. Yeah, series two. It's a mm. bit of a... Yeah, it's a bit hit and miss, isn't it? Is that, has that got the... Um, Oh, what's he called? The satanic one in space, the devil, the devil episode, because that was quite good, I remember. Yeah, the beast below, was it? Yeah, no, yeah. No, well, actually, I should Hold say, on. we haven't done that one, have we? Yeah. No, we haven't. But yeah, it was just really great. And I think I remember uh, tweeting out saying, every time I go back and start watching from um, series one, but definitely series two, mm. I really, really miss that 
RTD era. Yeah, I see you were missing old oh, really? Russell. Yeah, I just mm. I think it's just my favourite era of Who that from series one through to series four and the specials, I suppose. Mm. Pre moth, pre convoluted stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which is a shame I particularly like yeah. series four. Yeah, which is a shame because I'm I, I love Matt Smith. I think he's such a great doctor. Mm. And uh, yeah, but anyway, so I had a bit of a marathon. The old tenth doc, and I caught up with a little bit of big finish. Um, uh, listened to the Eternal Battle. Who, which doctor is that? It's the fourth doctor, so it's range six. So it's six point. Oh golly, we're already on six. Yeah, oh, so um, it was really cool. So the, the one before it was very cool, the Beast of Kravenos. That was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, so this one, it wasn't as good as as that one, but it was it was a decent listen. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going through and. Yeah, because I'm very behind. What well, big finish. I'm massively behind on those fourth Doctor ones. I, I think I've only got the first three series. I, I want them all. They're really good, yeah. <laughs> I know. Romana, yeah, the, those two are they're very, very good on BF. Yeah. I really must get you into the eighth Doctor adventures. So not, not the monthly range, um, but the eighth Doctor adventures. So they're basically like the fourth doctor ones but the eighth doctor so they were sort of 45 minutes to an hour right. standalone stories single releases um with sheridan smith as lucy bleeding miller um <laughs> i'll tell you mate though they, they i think there's four series of that um and it kind of leads into dark eyes after that oh, right, um, yeah. they yeah. are they are great fun um and the end of series four really ups the ante it's so good um i must get you into those you, you'd love them Okay, so you're uh, yeah, thinking of um, things like To the Death and... To the Death is just my jaw was on the floor of the, at the end of it. Right. I was yeah. like, no, what? Um, yeah, and it leads very nicely into Dark Eyes. Um, and also, um, there's a little special release they did in the middle of it. I think it's called An Earthly Child, which actually fitted really well into that range. Um, and it kind of gets overlooked because it wasn't in the sort of wasn't in the fourth series if you know what i mean but it sort of was a special that was set in the middle of it and it's quite important right um to i think it adds to the what happens at the end of the series so i always say you know don't forget that one because it it can be a bit overlooked because it's sort of not not in there officially if you like um, but that's okay. a great little story as well it's got um caroline ford in it and uh, susan and the, and the eighth doctor together and i really enjoyed that so yeah when you've when you finish your fourth Doctor in 2020, whatever, <laughs> start on the eighth Doctor stories because they're they're really good. Um, as I said, they sort of build brilliantly towards the final at the end. Yeah, okay. to the death, to the death. Yeah, it's brilliant. I do remember having a breeze through those ages ago and thinking some of them look quite good. Um, mm. Yeah, I think there was one called The Eight Truths that looked quite good. Um, I can't I remember, remember that one. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I really, really wanted to check out as well, remember when I was skimming through thinking, ooh, that looks good, is The Vengeance of Morbius. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much. I'll have to revisit some of the Eighth Doctor stuff because um, he, I tell you what, he's fantastic. I mean, Paul McGann's such a brilliant actor. Mm. But on Big Finish, it's almost like there's no difference between TV and, and audio. He's just seamless, just perfect. Oh, you'd love all those because, yeah. as I said, he's got there's some great stories in the monthly range. So, like Chimes of Midnight, we mentioned the other week, is a, is a brilliant story, and and so there's some really good ones. But the monthly range, they went into this divergent universe at one point, which got a bit messy. Right. Whereas the 
the sort of standalone fourth, uh, sorry, standalone eighth Doctor adventures. They're kind of just little one-off stories like the fourth Doctor ones, and you can just sort of listen to them. It is good to listen to them in order because, as I said, they really build up to a great climax at the into the death but um but yeah you can just kind of dip into them i think there's one called horror of glam rock or something which is quite good fun <laughs> uh so yeah i recommend those mate when you get time if you get time <laughs> oh cool yeah i love yeah. paul mcgain oh so good uh, you will you'll love them uh, strange link there's obviously a show for weird links this week um but as a very weird quick little link before we move on to the news johnny depp has been um johnny depp has been announced as appearing at glastonbury Oh dear! Not not singing or in the band or anything, but he's on a stage and he's going to talk through uh, and and screen some of his favourite films. I think there's like two or three of his all time favourites. All right. And with Nail and I is his all time favourite. Oh really? Film, yeah. So if you're a fan of McGann and you haven't seen With Nail and I, crikey! I do love that film. Go and check it out. It's an amazing <laughs> such a film. Strange film, but it's so good. Yeah, um, yeah I wonder where you're going with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a fan of Johnny. I'm so crazy. Look at me, Depp. Um, no, I'm just not a fan of him at all. But uh, yeah, I'll, that is a great film. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I think we should land the TARDIS and do some news. Yeah, let's get into the news. First up, Lie of the Land. <laughs> I must be half asleep. I've just read that as La La Land. <laughs> What's <laughs> going on? <laughs> not on this yeah, show. Sorry. Not on no, this show. not on this show. <laughs> no. The Lie of the Land. Confirmed ratings. Any good? Now, at first glance, you would think not good at all. Oh. Because we're last in the list. Oh, no, are we? Number 30. Oh, my goodness. With just 4.8 mil viewers. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Now, when I heard this, I thought, it's not that bad. (laughs) I know the moths kind of crucify things a little bit, but come on, it's not, it isn't that bad. But um, there are two very good reasons for this, for this figure. The first one is that it was the Britain's Got Talent final. So they moved it, I think they moved it from the Sunday night to the Saturday night. Right. Um, they and, did, yeah. Yes, and uh, so that's the first thing. So Britain's Got Talent is always going to pull in the most mm-hmm. in terms of ratings, anyway. So it was the final, so you'd expect you know a very, very big uh, jump in ratings for those guys, which didn't help. And then the second thing was that we had the One Love Manchester concert, right? Which is obviously at the top, isn't it? Yeah, which is way at the top. Eleven, you know, nearly twelve million viewers for that yeah. one. Yeah, so you can kind of understand it. You can understand why. And also the um, the Britain's Got Talent, because it was s- sort of segmented into so many shows, you had the different talent result shows and all that sort of thing. It's, sort of, it's eaten up all of the all of the slots, if you like, because... Uh, well, this is ridiculous. Yeah, there's a, it's got 11, is it 11 or 12 slots? So if you take them out... Yeah, exactly. Brit- yeah. Britain's Got Talent, the result... I mean, how many times did they announce the result? Because it's got one, two, three, four, five places. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it was segmented oh. into different slots, if you like, or different. Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing. So on first glance, okay. you might think, oh, crikey, this is not good for who. But, you know, th- there's just no competing with those, unfortunately. No, that's, you know, uh, 
Yeah. Did we beat um, Antiques Roadshow? We did. Okay, yes. then it's fine. Yeah, so um, <laughs> obviously Corey, Corey and Emmerdale and EastEnders are, you know, just slightly above us. Um, although we did beat one episode of EastEnders. Oh, good. Because there's only four in the top 30 and there's, you know, obviously five in a week. So there must be below number 30 somewhere. Yeah. And uh, But Corey's still right at the top. And obviously the One Love Manchester concert, you'd expect yeah. you know, everyone to sort of tune in and and support that so not not great at face value but not sort of terrible in its own you know it's not its fault if you like it's nothing to do with an atrocious story or anything yeah if you put it into yeah as i say on first glance it looks bad if you put it into context i suppose if you took if you gave coronation street one you know if you put an average of those five blocks that it's got Mm -hmm. uh, if you took all of this out of it you know, you'd probably it'd probably move up into just outside the top ten. Yes, it you know, because Emmerdale's yeah. got five slots, Coronation Street's got five slots. So yeah, yeah, okay, it does look bad when you look at the list, but when you sort of look at it like that, not too bad. I mean, it wasn't a great conclusion, was it? But yeah, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. And also no. in the previous weeks where we've discussed ratings, there's always been like various news programs, Antiques Roadshow, yeah, um, various different you know shows that were in there, and they're not in here at all. So, actually, who's done okay? It was just up against some stiff competition. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so, okay, in other news, uh, the Doctor Who Experience are looking for uh, summer hosts. So, basically, there's some jobs going uh, in Cardiff if you... um, if you're looking for a job and I can't think of a better place to work myself, I'd wow. love to yeah. go and work it. I don't know if I'd get any work done though. Would you? I'd just be walking around it endlessly taking photos. But um, yeah, if you fancy a job at the Doctor Who experience, um, the closing date for applicants is the 7th of July. Uh, so you've got a couple of weeks um, and they're basically looking for, for people with a friendly manner, <laughs> tick uh, abilities to work fast paced mm, half a tick um and uh, fluency in second language is useful oh cross, cross. but um, yeah but yeah yeah that i mean that would be such a cool place to work wouldn't it i'd love to go and work there oh man yeah it says you also need knowledge of doctor who oh well that's half a tick, a tick. <laughs> and including the classic series cross <laughs> tick. Yeah, tick. yeah so it'd be amazing place to work throughout the summer it so uh, they normally do this because it's, it's um it's the busiest period obviously with uh, mm. families on uh, the kids on summer holidays and families doing stuff uh and cardiff bay is so lovely to be in the summer oh. when the weather's nice it's beautiful down there can you imagine just on your lunch break you can just go and sit and look at the bay oh it'd be my dream job actually yeah it's awesome so understandably they get a lot of people a lot of footfall through during Mm. the summer so they need some extra peeps so uh yeah if you're around cardiff you're uh, got some time off in the summer or whatever give it give it a go you never know yes yes uh yes and we've got some other news about the experience mate haven't we yeah you'll have well, to this brings this us bit. on to into, yeah. this brings us on to our what we we're saying earlier just before we kicked off recording um gary got an email um from the doctor experience uh, which is given their final closing date um which is what we were saying earlier very sad news so we've now got it officially confirmed as the last day that uh the experience will be open is is it september the Ninth, ninth, yes. yeah. I wasn't sure if it's the nineteenth. September the ninth uh, will be when the Doctor Experience finally closes. So sad news because it is so good there, and I think they've had a real, um, 
they've had a real surgence in people going since they announced it was closed. I know a lot of people have said, right, let's get down there. We've got to, got to go again. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's sad news. Um, I hope that it reopens somewhere or in some form because, uh, you know, the amount of effort that went into restoring all those classic consoles and costumes and everything, it was just, you know, it's a, just a doctor who fans, um, ultimate dream place to go. It just had everything in there from the new series to the classic series to the most amazing shop, <laughs> that shop that, I mean, the shop in itself was just amazing. So it's very, very sad that it's closing. Um, it's kind of good in a way to get a final date. So we know that's how long we've got, um, to get down there. Um, and, uh, if you haven't been, or even if you have, I'd say get down there before it closes. Cause they've, they keep adding new stuff all the time. So um, I would love to go back. I'd go back in a heartbeat if the train fares weren't so blimmin' expensive from where I live. But I'd I'd love to go back before it shuts. Yeah. So yeah. very sad. It's really really sad. It is. It's sad. So the ninth of September, and uh, they've got some. The email was titled "Really Sad" as well. So the 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 title at the top email says it's the end, but the moment has been prepared for. Uh, classic, classic, classic quote. Yep, they've got some other stuff going on. So they've updated the filming location tours. Oh. So kicking off for the summer, you've got a 75-minute official walking tour around the locations featured around Cardiff Bay. Uh, the updated tour will include locations featured in the latest TV series. Ooh, so I love that. <laughs> yeah, plus iconic locations from the previous ones. Uh, there's a new Series 10 exhibition, uh, plus the reveal of the newly restored Yeti costume. On the 22nd of July, there's the Cybermen Invasion. So the experience will host uh, one of the one of whose uh, most fearful monsters. A day will include a talk and a QA session with the show's monster makers themselves, Millennium FX. Those guys are awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, and it'll also be uh, hosting popular Cybermen uh, conversions, which sounds oh. interesting. <laughs> uh, live Cybermen, including Mondasi and Cybermen, will be roaming the experience. Oh, wow. Plus, there'll be a screening of the Series 2 part of Finale. <gasps> mm. Wow, that'd be cool. That'd be awesome, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. Cosplay time. Uh, they're doing, a, on the Saturday the 5th of August, they're doing a cosplay competition. And uh, the final two weeks of the experience, uh, it just says, the final countdown, expect the unexpected mm-hmm. as the interactive walkthrough comes to life. What? Whoa. Yeah. What does that mean? What could that mean? Oh, man. So it's... lots going on to see it off. Yeah. So you've got up until the 9th of September when, if you think about it, it's only a, a few months away. So if, you're, if, you're, if you've just listened to this or you've seen the news and it's a case of, oh, shall we go, shall we not, definitely go. Get down there. Yeah. once it's shut and it's gone, you'll be like, we should have gone. Mm. we should have gone so if you're debating it and you've not especially if you've never been before if you've never been you have to go yeah when you finish listening to this podcast go online to the website and book your tickets if you've never been before Mm. yes yeah can't recommend it enough it's it's brilliant place yes uh in further news um this is quite cool this is very cool Yeah. yeah so uh, the Beeb have announced something the called Beeb. the Doctor Who Countdown Concert. Mm. So this is a special screening of episode 11 of this series, complete with a live music accompaniment of the National Orchestra of Wales, 
takes place in Cardiff on June 24th. And um, it will be, so it will be screened at, so at Cardiff Bay, you've got the huge Wales Millennium Centre. In there, they've got something called uh, the BBC uh, Hodnot Hall. So in there, you're going to get a, a special screening of the penultimate episode of this series. And then there's going to be um, a Q&A with Pearl Mackey and the moth. No Peter. No Peter. Oh, must be off filming something. Mm. Uh, the evening will be hosted by Jason Mohammed and promises monsters and surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll be invited to submit questions to Pearl and Stephen through the website. Um, and uh, it'll also be streamed to the Facebook and YouTube channel for the BBC. So tickets are free and they will be allocated. But unfortunately, by the time you listen to this, it would have closed. So hopefully you've seen this before we've spoken about it <laughs> and you got your um, you got your entry in. So if you did enter, very good luck. Uh, all you had to do was just tweet a hashtag to the BBC account. DW finale countdown and that was it so uh yes hopefully some of our listeners would have got tickets it's very limited there's only 15 pairs yeah so, that's uh, the bit I can't get my head around <laughs> 15 one five yes what why is that that's like so low is it like a press greeting that they're just giving because the whole it's, it's in the millennium center I think isn't it yeah it is. which yes. is massive but this is in one of those one of the halls in there, which I think holds about three hundred or so people. More than that, and they're yeah, right, yeah, yeah. and they're only giving fifteen tickets away. So who's what's filling up the rest of the hall? Fifteen pairs, so thirty tickets. Oh, fifteen pairs, thirty, but yeah, but even that's even that's. Um, is it just going to be all the press and freebie scroungers again as well? Then I just it seems such a low amount to be giving away for this, which sounds like an absolutely amazing event. Yeah, it does. I'm not sure, mate. These things are always a little bit sort of weird, the way they're put together and, and allocated, mm. aren't they? So I honestly don't know is the, uh, is the, <laughs> is answer, the answer to that. It's um, But it does sound cool, though. So it's a... Oh, it sounds brilliant. I mean, if like you said, if anybody listening does get a ticket, do let us know, because uh, this is the penultimate episode, right? This is... Yes, this yeah, is um, yeah. uh, episode 11 yeah. of 12. So I think right. uh, once... So that would be... Um, uh, world enough and time yeah and then yeah the last episode the doctor falls That's it. so uh, yeah it sounds awesome if you yeah if you do get a ticket do try and take plenty of pics and vlogs and let us know and stuff um if you yeah so the last time not the last time but one of the the best times that they've done a doctor who event in that hall was back in the day before we had the doctor who proms i think and all that, and the Symphonic Spectacular, all that stuff. There was yeah. there was an evening of Doctor Who music in that same hall, hosted by David Tennant. And oh, it's wow. it's one of the special features on, I think it's back in series, when they were filming series three, I think, or something like that. It's ages ago, sort of 2006, seven. Yeah. And uh, that was, yeah, that was a really, really good night. You can find yeah. most of it on YouTube, I think, but. Yeah, I think I do know the one you mean, actually. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, I just think it'd be a great event. You know, I'm just I'm just surprised there's so limited availability for it because, uh, yeah, to hear that along with an orchestra. I mean, me and you have been to the proms and just hearing the music from Doctor Who live is uh, takes it to another level. Um, so that will be really good. So good luck to anyone that's entered. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And that's it for news. Yep. Uh, Mr. Tat is waiting. Get old. How is old Dalek Tat today? Is he all right? Yeah, he's 
Got a bit of What's steam coming like? off him. He's a bit hot. Yeah, out in is the sun. Yeah. It's a bit hot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him in, though. See what he's got. Match corner. Match corner. Match corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Pop Funkos. Yes. You like your Pop Funkos, don't you? Mm, I've gone off them actually. <laughs> I I I kind of did. I got, I went a bit mad on them when I first started getting into them. Um, but I don't know. I've got a bit bored of them, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I do like I do like them. Um, yes, I like the Doctor Who ones, or some of them. <laughs> I do. So yeah. Anyway, I'll let you get I'll let you get the <laughs> stuff off the tray first. I do the ones you're going to talk about. I think there's some good ones in there. So you kind of like them. I think I've just got a bit bored of them, right? Gotcha. Uh, if you know what I mean. Um, but I do like them, yeah. Right. Well, this bit of merch news is handy then for people that are not bored of them <laughs> and need to expand their their Pop Funko Who collection. So Forbidden Planet, so Forbidden Planet International. Oh, it's international, is it? Yes. Ah. Also known as ForbiddenPlanet.co.uk, not ForbiddenPlanet.com. So .co.uk, the international guys. Uh, they've got a very cool box set. Uh, not an official box set from Pop, but one that they've put together themselves. Six Pop Funko figures for £36. It's a good price. Very good price, considering mm. that if you bought six, all you know, these six figures individually, it would be 65 quid. Yeah. So pretty much 40-odd percent off. It's nearly half price, basically. Mm. So if you've not got these, so the figures are the 12th Doctor with spoon exclusive mm-hmm. he's got the black glove on with the little spoon you know the one robert sherwood isn't it yes. that one. uh we've got the ninth doctor standard so just holding his sonic uh we have rose tyler standard in a union jack t-shirt with the, with the yeah. jacket uh, we have jack harkness with the vortex manipulator which is an exclusive Sarah Jane Smith, standard, in the yellow and red stripy dungarees. And lastly, the 11th Doctor in the orange spacesuits as an exclusive. Do you have any of these? Have you got any of these ones? I've got the um, 11th Doctor in the spacesuit. Oh, right. Um, But I've not got the others. Hmm. Hmm. Because I do... Yeah, it is a good set. You're right. I mean, the price is good, um, I think. And um, yeah, I really like the Sarah Jane one. I have to say, I've always liked that one. Um, and the Doctor in the Space is good. And Jack's good. So out of the out of the set there, I mean, like you said, for 36 quid, uh, if you're into your pops, um, I don't think you can go wrong with that, really. Um, yeah, I just, I, the, the Ninth Doctor and Rose, I think, are a bit bland. But the other ones, I think, <laughs> are actually all pretty decent. Yeah, yes. I do like the Sarah Jane one. And if you can get the... K9 to go with it. They make for a great sort of set two on your shelf, those two. They would indeed. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. like the Jack Harkness one. He's cool. He I do cool. like the Jack one. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. If you're after expanding your collection or you just want these because you haven't got any yet, it's a great price. Pretty much half price. It is good. Yeah. I'm, however, I'm going to save my money on by not buying those and saving it for what the uh, other item is on Dalek Tat's tray, <laughs> which is a uh, Robert Harrop uh, figure of a draconian. Ah. And they've uh, basically, they've just released um, an image of the sort of mold for it. It's, um, it's not absolutely finished yet, but it's just to give us an idea of what it's going to look like. And I don't know about you, mate, 
but I think he looks absolutely brilliant. He looks completely spot on. Yes, I love it. Doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. from the Pertwee era. Um, they've got the detail looking amazing. As I said, this isn't even the finished product that we've got a picture of so far. Um, but yeah, once again, they've done a great job on that. Uh, one of my friends was talking to me at the weekend, just saying, um, and this is something we've talked about, saying that they always seem to get the size of the head a bit wrong. It often looked like if you look at the Mondasian Cybermen figure they did, it's a great figure, but it, somehow the body looks too small for the head. And it is something I've picked up on. And we said about the doctors, they never quite get mm. the facial features right. Um, but their other figures are, are amazing. Um, you know, like the TARDIS, um, the Master, Sutek, Davros, they all look brilliant to me. Um, and I think this is this is a cracker. I think this is a, a absolutely, well, we haven't got a price for it yet, but I'll absolutely be wanting this when we when he comes up for pre-order. So, yes, looking good. I love the fact that they started posting these pictures on their Facebook page of, you know, of, um, of the process of the figures, you know, going from the mold to being mm -hmm. painted to the finished product. It just is great to see how they actually, you know, where they start and where they end up. It's really cool. It's amazing. Yeah, it looks, yeah, yeah I just can't get over the detail. It's so... It's brilliant. It's brilliant, yeah. And like you said, we haven't seen the finished product. We haven't seen a painted final sculpt this is just the brown looking basic monotone yeah. sculpt yeah but it just looks so good and it does. Uh, yeah draconians they were okay i mean what's the first um core oh, crikey the frontier in space uh i, I think, think so yeah. Was, I think yeah i always picture him next to the master actually but yeah yeah i think yeah yeah but they were yeah not too bad uh sort of classic uh classic uh, classic monster if you like yeah, I was going to say, Pertwee loved them, didn't he? I think they're one of Pertwee's mm. favourites. He liked the fact you could see the face moving in the, you know, in the mask and stuff. I think he always really liked the Draconians. Um, he'll look very nice next to uh, Alpha Centauri, yeah. if, you, if anyone's picking yes. up that figure. don't know if you've ordered yours yet, but um, I, I bet you they had a surge of orders after this uh, this week, this episode last week. I'm sure, yeah. Of Alpha Centauri, yeah. So yeah. those two figures together look very nice. Um, hopefully the price. I mean, I'm I'm guessing he's going to be around the sixty to sixty to eighty pound mark. Mm -hmm. A very rough guess because Alpha's sixty. Yeah. Um, Davros is ninety, I think. Is he yeah. somewhere like that? So this will be around there, I should think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks good. Very good indeed, Robert Harrop. Yes. Check it out. Knocking it out of the park. That is news and merch. I think it's time that we progress with our <laughs> review. Adam, what are we doing this week? This week? Oh, I can't do it. It's Empress, Empress of Mars. <laughs> there were humans on Mars in Victorian times. No, there weren't. Friday asked for my help. In return for what? Art! This could be the entrance to a nice warrior hive. Friday has been using you all along. Oh. His aim was to get back to Mars and find his queen. Rise, my ice warriors! Rise! I dare say the British army is more than a match for a bunch of upright crocodiles. You don't stand a chance against the ice warriors. You don't stand a chance. I've got to say, though, before we kick off, why did, why are they using the Cybermen music in that <laughs> next time trailer? Hmm. Because I, I think a lot of people thought, oh, are they going to pop up at the end? Is it, you know, are they hinting at something? And no, it's just them being lazy and using a bit of music, stock music. <laughs> it does, I mean, it works for the trailer, but yeah, it's a bit, a bit mm. lazy. A little bit. Yeah. Anyway, the episode. Anyway, the episode, yes. Directed by Wayne Yip. 
written by uh, Mark Gattis. Gatis. Let's say Gattis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, overseen by the Mothball. And um, <laughs> yes, went out on Saturday, 10th of June. Normal runtime. Was it 45 minutes long? Whatever. And uh, yes, it sees the Doctor and Bill um, turn up at the NASA uh, head office where they discover that um, there's been a strange um, uh, signal left on the, the surface of Mars. They then jump in TARDIS, head towards Mars to see what's going on. And they surprisingly find a group of... Um, uh, Victorian. Is it Victorian? Soldiers. Uh, soldiers. Said, yeah. Yep. Um, who, have, who are being helped by a, a nice warrior named Friday. Uh, he was he was promised them riches and gems and all the rest of it, but it's a bit of a plan, bit of a uh, uh, not a double cross, but something is afoot because when they blast through into a cavern, they find the the tomb of the ice um, empress, the ice, yeah, whatever her name is, ice empress, yeah, that's what I'm that's calling it. her, yeah, and uh, she's very grumpy, understandably, she's just woken up, bit cranky. Um, decides to lay waste. The Doctor, um, well, mainly Bill, I would say, plays um, uh, mediator, mm. tries to save them, and uh, a bit of an allegiance formed. Um, and, yeah, and uh, we also get a surprise visit from Missy. Oh, yes. At the end, who's been quite naughty. This is naughty. Very naughty. Mm. So, yeah, um, a modern ice warrior, uh, episode was it Mark Gassis that wrote the the last one on the submarine? Yes, it was Cold War. Cold War, yeah, he did write that one. He got a thing yeah. for Cybermen, hasn't he? Ice Warriors. That's uh, right, Ice Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he he, he obviously does like an Ice Warrior. It's funny because <laughs> I um I wanted to go back and watch Cold War before before this aired just to remind myself because I don't we haven't reviewed it so I won't say too much but I don't really have much memory of it. Um, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't stick in my mind as being good, bad or anything. I just thought, I just don't really remember it. Um, apart from the fact that the ice where came out, the suit in it, uh, yes. you know, that's, that's sort of the only thing I can really remember from that episode. So I wanted to go back and watch it before this one. Um, but, but sadly didn't get time, but, um, I probably will go back and watch cold war at some point in the next week or two. Um, but yeah, Empress of Mars, what do you reckon then? Right. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. You liked it? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a decent uh a decent enough sort of single story. I like the fact that uh we've we've got to dive in a little bit further to the Ice Warrior history a little bit and and mm. some other characters. They're not just a you know just the uh the worker ants that we've seen because I know in Cold War with the, the Ice Warrior there I think he was a quite a high up general or something like that seem to remember that yeah yeah but in in previous stories so that all, all we've seen really is just a bunch of them walking around killing people so this was good to have a, a bit of a different take on um uh, some sort of hierarchy if you like within the ice warriors and uh so fr i like the fact that friday is a bit of a softy yeah you know he's um you know him and and bill you know sort of really get on <laughs> and they form a little bit of an alliance there, which is good. Um, I'm, I've still got mixed feelings on the the Ice Empress. Uh, I'm still trying to uh, to decide whether I'm, I really, really like her character and, and mm. stuff, or if it was just a bit of a letdown. I'm not sure. I, th I think I like her. I think I like the character. 
Um, yeah, and uh, I'm not too sure on the British soldiers. Um, they were okay. Some of them, some not the greatest acting we've seen in Who, but they were okay. And uh, yeah, and um, you know, we only saw a tiny little bit of Missy in there. I, I, I wasn't too keen on the fact that they just banished Nardole for most of the episode. Yeah, that was strange, wasn't it? Tardis just taking off. I really, we, I hope we get an explanation for that because if it's not explained, mm. I think that's that that's going to be. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. But you know, how sometimes it was very convenient the way he was just taken yeah. off to get him out of the story. So I do hope we get an explanation for that. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, I quite I quite liked it. Yeah, thought it was a, mm. a decent episode. What did you think? Yeah, no, I thought it was a very decent episode. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It felt very classic to me. Hmm. Um, it did feel a little slow in places, if I'm honest. Uh, there were t- on a first watch, particularly, I was thinking, oh, it's dragging a bit. Um, but on a second watch, I, I sort of could settle down a bit more and, and just watch it. And I did really enjoy it, actually. As I said, it felt very classic in its style and also its pacing. It didn't didn't sort of rush. It took its time to build up it was quite wordy at the start sort of getting the explanation across because i was thinking well what are these victorian guys doing on the moon how the hell's had that happened and <laughs> you know so yeah it took its time um and uh I, I didn't think it was by any means a perfect episode but i did enjoy it um i did think it was good i thought the ice warriors were used to good effect um uh the ice empress sorry the empress um yeah i'm a bit like you i'm not sure about her because I quite liked her, but she did remind me of the way she spoke of the Ragnos thing. Remember the Ragnos oh, monster? Right. Yes. Like every time she spoke, I was thinking, oh, so I just couldn't get that out of my head. But, but I think, yeah, like you, I think I liked her. Um, I did like the fact that she kind of, um, she liked Bill because she was the only other female in the room. So she sort of, you know, that sort of brought Bill into the episode more. Um, and I like the fact that she only really considered Bill's opinion uh, valid because she was a female um so i thought that was quite a nice touch to bring those two together and you know have a bit of mutual respect um between them so that was quite cool but yeah and i thought the ice warriors are good i liked it when they were all kicking off at the end when we got to see a few more because that's one thing about cold war is we only got that one ice warrior and that kind of just reminded me of the dalek story where we just got one dalek but we then got sort of a finale with loads of Daleks and that, that works brilliantly. So when we only got one ice warrior in cold war, mm-hmm. I've kind of been waiting for this because I was thinking, yeah, we need a story now with at least, you know, more than one. We need to, you know, let's see the ice warriors properly. And we did get a bit of that in this, which um, I think works quite well. Um, you know, the bit at the end, I mean, I loved it when we saw all the ice tombs um, and we saw a few break out, not many, <laughs> but it was enough to, to, to sort of, bring the episode to a good conclusion i thought so um yeah overall mate i i, I thought it was decent i i enjoyed it um not perfect uh, as we get into it i'll talk a bit more about things i didn't didn't like but uh, overall as a story and episode i thought it was was decent yeah cool well let's talk about some story stuff then yeah um so i i quite like the fact that they just in the background at the nasa office to begin with yeah, and they don't even know that they're there. So they're doing the whole countdown thing, and the doctor joins in, and then before you know it, Bill's there as well, and Nardole and Nardole, yeah. Nardole, he, he's there, and and they're all really surprised. I mean, it was it was very unrealistic, but you know this is this is Doctor Who, so let's just yeah. run with it. Um, am I, I am I the only one getting a little bit bored of the psychic paper though? Because that kind of that joke's kind of run a bit thin for me. 
you know that they're, they're using it all the time now just to quickly explain away yeah i don't know i'm just getting a little bit bored of that psychic paper i'm kind of hoping that gets lost when chibbers takes over because it's been used an awful lot um yeah. since dot two um, came back i'm not tired of it no i think it's okay. quite a cool thing it depends on how well it's written in sometimes it just falls a bit flat doesn't it and yeah, it can be a bit yeah. meh, but yeah, it's not. I'm not really tired of it. You, okay. Has it run its course for you, mate? Oh, well, just a little bit. I just like <laughs> every time they sort of have to explain away something, they just get the psychic paper out and then come out with a joke. Oh, yes, is that who we are? Okay, then. And I just thought, yeah, it's, it's been done a few times now. I, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I'm just a bit. I yeah. wouldn't be sad if we didn't see it for a while. I read you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I quite like the setup to the story. Who doesn't like, you know, a bit of NASA? Yes. <laughs> inside the uh, in NASA. Inside NASA, it's very cool. Like I said, a bit unrealistic. If they, if there was a guy that just appeared in the control room, I assume that security would be in there within a matter of seconds. Like, but they don't seem too bothered. They're just, who are you? Oh, I'm this person. All oh, right, mm. so this is happening. But I thought it was a, a very cool setup. I like the, uh, and I like the um the the, the this new satellite or something a, a new something on the surface of Mars um, has enabled them to take photos of of something as it is underneath the surface or something like that. Something like that, yeah. yeah and yeah. then they see the God Save the Queen that they that the Doctor left mm. himself. Uh, so I, it's quite cool when you have that timey-wimey intro yeah. where you're seeing something that the Doctor's about to do now, if you like. Yeah, it's funny because I... Um... Yeah, I didn't get that the first time around. I think I just my head didn't click with what was going on. Uh, so I only really got that on the second watch. I was like, oh, I see the Doctor left it there, and they're seeing it, right, gotcha. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was quite a nice little touch, I thought. Um, just while I remember, because I'll probably forget this when we get into review, talking to God Save the Queen, I'm glad that when we got to see the photo, uh, sorry, the painting of the Queen this week, that it was the Queen from <laughs> the Doctor Who episode, uh, Tooth and Claw. It was Pauline Collins. Because, oh, you know, the yeah, other week we yeah. were saying about Churchill, they had a picture of the real Churchill and not Ian McNeese. Yes. So I was quite glad that they sort of, it seemed almost strange, actually, that this week they actually put in the actress rather than the real Queen Victoria. So, yeah, yeah. I was glad that we had a bit more continuity this week in regards to that. And I wonder if they went to the, I wonder if that was an original prop, because it's a painting of her, wasn't it? Yeah. So I wonder if that was an original prop from Tooth and Claw that they salvaged from somewhere, or if they actually went to the effort of having a you know a, a picture done in a, in a painted style of her. It seems bizarre to go to that effort just for that few but, seconds. Yeah, but they couldn't yeah. do it just to include a quick still of the actor who played Churchill in a previous. Yeah. Scene. Maybe it's something to do with the like rights to the actor's image or something like that. I don't know. But, Oh, it could be. I hadn't thought of that. So I was thinking, yeah, yeah I was going to say it would be much easier for them to have used a video clip for for Churchill than to actually, like you said, go to the effort of making a painting. <laughs> uh, it could be a, a, a rights issue. I don't know. Yeah. But it was good to see. I remember when I mm. when I saw that that painting of her, I, I immediately thought of you and your, and your um, unhappiness at not including the actor who played Churchill in the last yeah. review that we did. Yeah. But that, yeah. Was, quite, that was quite cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really like the um, the kickoff being in NASA. I thought there was going to be more of it, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I thought that oh right, we're we're in NASA. This is very this is great, mm. uh, and I thought there was going to be more stuff happening there, which there wasn't. So uh, th that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's uh, that there should have been you know more screen time. It, it was just a nice way to sort of kick off the episode. So 
yeah, it was a good it was a good start to it. Yeah, yeah. And um, what did you think then? So once the the doctor and they jumped in the TARDIS, they're on they're on Mars now. Mm. Uh, what what did you think to the the way that we were introduced to the characters then? Because th- th- we have a bit of separation, don't we? So Bill falls down the uh, down the, the fun whirly slide. Mm. So she bumps into uh, the, the the British soldiers, doesn't she? First, yeah. And the doctor's left up there. So Nardole's gone off at this point. He's been he's been sort of kidnapped by the TARDIS, which we'll come on to in a bit. Mm. But it's the Doctor that sees the Ice Warrior first. Um, and that was a great scene, didn't you think? Was, and what, did you not think he was channeling Tom Baker in that? Do you know what? He's I was, like, this could go very bad or very good. I was thinking he's, he's doing Baker again like he did in Mama and Express. Mm. Halt! But, yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. That intro yeah. where we first see the Ice Warrior was so was good. great. Really good. Because you thought, oh, it's classic Ice Warrior. It's going to oh. go bad. So, yeah. You know, the Doctor's <laughs> in for it. He's either going to start running, he's going to run away, or he's going to get captured, or whatever. But the, uh, yeah, just the the way that Capaldi handles that, I thought was such a great scene. It was, you know, he's yeah. he's definitely in that sort of usual, you know, he's got his sensible head on. He isn't panicking and running away. He's got his sensible head on. How is he handling it? So, I thought the introduction was really cool, and I didn't leave it until quite late as well. Sometimes with mm-hmm. with who, if they're gonna. If they're going to bring, especially if they bring a monster back, I uh, I remember what was it? The Age of Silver, Age of Steel. What was that? Age of Steel. Yeah, they left it quite a long time before we actually saw any Cybermen. Mm. It was a big build-up, if you like, and we've seen it a couple of times where they wait until quite far into the episode before the reveal. Yeah. So I like that they didn't leave it too long. You know, we're only in the episode for what? Not even ten minutes. You know, it's only a few minutes mm. and then we're into it straight away. We've seen an ice warrior. We've seen the soldiers. Uh, they did leave it a little bit before we saw the Empress, but that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I thought that was OK, because like you said, I think um, if, if they'd have brought it all in at the start, it would have been a bit over the top. I mean, the, the thing that was bugging me for a little while was why we had Victorian soldiers on the moon. That was the only thing, because I... I didn't get that on a first watch. I was like, "How did? Sorry, what, what were they doing there? How did they get there?" Because yeah. obviously, we're now saying that they're they're the first people on the moon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got that on the second watch. I think I may have been perhaps I'd had a couple of glasses of wine on the first watch because it just went totally over my head the first time. So that really bugged me on the first watch. I was like, "What? What are they doing on the moon?" But it was something to do with the they found the. Uh, Friday's crashed spaceship, wasn't it? And then he'd taken them there to get the jewels. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's how we get to meet the Empress. So that's all okay. That's as a narrative. That's I can I can go with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another thing that was quite cool as well. We didn't have to see, um, you know, we didn't have to see everything spelled out to us. It was just a mm-hmm. case of, you know, he'd crash landed. I think it was in Africa. That's right. The soldiers were in Africa, and he crash landed, and then, mm-hmm. you know, he promised them treasures and jewels and stuff but really he was getting them there to to mine uh and and dig to find the empress hive wasn't it the, the ice warrior hive of the empress mm. and stuff so yeah you didn't we didn't have to see scenes of all that stuff going on it was just yeah like you said the narrative was just there and you kind of go with it don't you it's yeah it was all there yeah did you like it when did you think the build up to the empress waking up was good though because i i quite like that when matey was nicking the jewels and you could just you just knew I was like, well, she's he's going to get it in a minute. And I thought it was quite well directed, actually, the way you just saw the claw come down and 
and, and get him and stuff. I thought that was a good way to bring her into it rather than some big sort of resurrection scene. Oh, I'm here, I'm back or whatever, you know. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. quite good. I mean, I don't know why she decided to wake up at that moment, but I thought it worked quite well with him stealing the jewels and stuff. Yeah. Well, that was quite cool. Yeah. So one of the jewels on the side, I think he popped off, didn't he? Yeah. So that must be some kind of obviously, yeah, just that mechanism. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So I like the story. I like the fact that we're only sort of 10 to 15 minutes in and we already know why the characters are there and what they're doing. You know, and the doctors, it was quite, it's quite nice. I mean, when you see the doctor or a main character in a TV show trying to piece together and figure out what's going on, because he, the doctor's quite quick to realize that this is not a case of, you know, here, here's, um, I've brought you here to, to get rich. Mm. You know, he quite quickly figures out that that's not the case and he's, they're being used. It's quite nice when you go through that as the viewer, along with the character figuring it out. So it isn't, and I think that's sometimes where the moth goes a bit awry with some of his stories because he sort of embeds it all in this very deep, timey-wimey story and you're left mm. at the end of an episode with more questions than answers a lot of the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas somebody yeah. like Mark Gattis or anyone else that's, that's written for Who, everything's sort of presented up front and there isn't a lot of convoluted stuff you have to wade through. It's It's all presented there nicely and you can just enjoy the episode yeah it did it did feel like a mark gattis script to me it did yeah um you know whereas i mean sleep no more doesn't feel like a mark gattis script to me and i you know although i didn't like the episode i guess i like the fact that he tried to do something different you know i'll give him that but you know this felt like a a gatis gattis episode with the mm. soldiers as well and the fact they're all terribly british and all this and i could see you know he likes writing these sort of characters and um and he likes putting in all the sort of little nods to classic who which we got in this episode and and stuff and like you said yeah it's just a nice straightforward narrative so you could happily sit and watch it um mm. as i said i did think it was a, it was a little slow in places i don't know if you found it but um because yep. yeah somebody said to me you know oh, it would have been a good two-parter and i i don't think it would have actually um because no, i don't no. think there was enough story in there for a two-parter i think there was enough to keep this going um but yeah yeah i mean my partner he watched he, he watched it um he thought it was okay but because you know my, my other half's a bit more of a casual viewer so i often use him as a way to judge if it would appeal to you know and you know the general public if they yeah. just happen to be sat down would it would it keep their interest and i would say for the majority of the episode it did but not right, right. yeah there were bits where he was popping out and making the tea and yeah so it didn't it didn't grip <laughs> him all the way through so it was that's what i mean it was i think it was it was good but but there were bits where it could have perhaps been tightened up a little bit or or maybe had something a bit more going on but yeah but, yeah no i read i think it was i think it the, the the bit that you're referring to I, I felt the same way i think it was once the doctor and bill had been put in into the holding cell yeah and then yeah, we had the, the two soldiers on guard and there wasn't much really they've got to learn about him being a deserter and all that was that it was that yeah different? i don't know but yeah the bit yeah. in the cell does stick in my mind as being a bit where i perhaps might have reached for the phone and mm -hmm. just a little bit filler um but then it was good when the friday bursts up out the floor and stuff and it all starts to kick off i thought okay this is really good stuff yeah um yeah so i liked all that but yeah yeah but, so i quite like the one thing that that's quite that's good actually with that I like about Doctor Who is if you were if you were to look at a just a 10 second clip 
or even a screenshot of something. I like the fact that it, it there's either characters or situations that you think, well, how what's that all about then? So mm. if you were to say to somebody who doesn't watch Doctor Who, and if they said to you, what was, what was Doctor Who about <laughs> last Saturday? And you said, well, some Victorian soldiers uh, are on Mars, <laughs> you know, digging for... For gems, but it actually turns out that these Martians are actually there to try and uncover their ice empress. They would think, "What the, what the, <laughs> what the bloody hell's all that about?" Yeah, and it's really cool. So I remember seeing, like, you know, they always release a bunch of publicity photos before an episode goes out, and you saw these British soldiers, and you thought, "Hang on, how how is this going to work? How is it?" Yeah, why are they there? Yeah, what's going on? And and I really like that. So I know it slowed down a bit where we had the conversations between some of the soldiers, like the two of them that were on guard duty, and the other one turns up and drugs the other one, knocks him out, and Mm. you know, because he's after stealing the gems and stuff. It it, it sounds kind of exciting, but it was a bit slow. It just was a bit, you know, slowly. What did did you see about the whole deserter thing? Because I'm still not sure about that. I, I kind of, in, in terms of when he was going on at the end about wanting to be shot and, you know, it's what I deserve. I don't know. It didn't, I don't think it had the impact on me that it was supposed to, is what I'm trying to say. I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike it, but then on the other hand, I wasn't sat there feeling much towards the character. In fact, you know, in terms of the fact he was a deserter and all that, that little mini subplot that sort of built yeah. up towards the end. Did you get much from that or... I don't know. I just felt like I should have been feeling more towards what was going on than I actually did. Um, if you know what I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't for the most part, but I did. Mm. I did when you know when he kills Catchlove. Yeah, when he shoots end. him. Yeah. yeah, and then you have that conversation between him and the Empress, where and uh, where he's like, you, "You can kill me now," sort of thing. You can. You mm. know, I've already been executed once, and. It, it didn't happen, you know, yeah. and I'd rather sort of die with a little bit of honour. I think that's what you were trying to say. And then we have that scene where I think, you know, Bill's quite emotional about it. And she's like, you can't kill him. And the doctor's like, no, just let him work it out. Because he knows what's going to happen, doesn't he? The doctor, because she's like, yeah. you knew it was going to happen. And then she's said, you know, you will die, but not now, you know, as a soldier sort of thing in battle. And they, she puts her hands on his her hand on his shoulder, and there's that connection. There. And I thought that was a really nice bit of writing. I thought that was that was great. And some people have said that it's in a way it's diluted the the menace and the threat, if you like, from from the Ice Warriors because it's showing like a weaker side almost. But I don't necessarily agree with that. But no, I don't um, agree with that because that's the thing with the Ice Warriors is, is they do have a lot of honour. And that's what she was saying to him, wasn't it? Is you know, you you will die in honour, not just be you know shot sort of thing. So I thought that was quite, yeah, in keeping with the character of the Ice Warriors, really. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? I didn't see it as her being weak because she if she would have just shot him if she'd wanted to. I think she was just you know there is this thing with Ice Warriors that they will die in battle and you know this sort of moral ground that they have, isn't there? So. Yeah, yeah. Because I think some people had that complaint with. Uh, what was, what was the, um, there was quite a, one of the episodes that we reviewed, it had a classic monster in it. And we were just saying, I mean, it might, it might even have been the Daleks. I can't remember, but there was one particular episode where we said that the way that's been written, it just completely takes away any threat 
that these monsters have now. It just does. They just don't seem any, you know, as, as menacing or as threatening at all as when mm. they were in the classic years. And some yeah. people, and I've seen a couple of tweets where people have alluded to that, where they've said, you know, it's not, you know, it's making the ice warriors seem a bit weak and uh, and that stuff. But I think you can only do so much portraying these monsters in Doctor Who as just these scary, literally as that, just these scary monsters that just kill people. Mm. Because, you know, you can only do that for so long before it becomes a bit repetitive. Yeah, and there's know? more to the Ice Warriors than that, isn't there? There always has been. They're not just they're not just bad guys. You know, they're not good, they're not bad. They are, they're a lot more rounded in their characters, the Ice Warriors. So, no, I thought that was quite in keeping with, with what we've seen in the past. Um, I'm just wondering what you thought of the effect though when they did kill people this strange so when they shot someone they sort of turned into this oh, ball yeah. of this ball of clothing on the foot now again i can't quite decide if i like that or not because it, it's not something we saw them do in the classic series so it's a new thing but i don't know if that worked or not i really really can't decide i sort of like it but don't at the same time i really am like perplexed by it i don't know what did you think of it as a it's a strange way to kill someone isn't it I mean, it's quite horrific in a way they kind of get compressed into a ball i don't know i just can't quite <laughs> yeah. i don't know where i am on that one uh do you know what i quite like i like that you do? I, I think yeah. it's got a, a very i think it's got a very fun aspect to it and yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where who's not taking itself too seriously because it would have been all too easy to do what so many other episodes and monsters have done where a death ray disintegrates somebody. And we've seen that a thousand times, haven't we? Yeah, true. I suppose it's different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's just, just even on the second watch, I was a yeah. bit like, I just don't know. But yeah, you're right. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something else to, and I thought it was really funny as well. When I, <laughs> when I first saw it, I thought, crikey, that's different. Unintentionally and then, funny, yeah. Yeah, and then the more times that I saw them do it, I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, and there's also that thing where, is that reversible? Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. I thought it was yeah, a great little the, thing, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I am coming around to it, just even on the second watch, I just couldn't decide. I suppose it's because I was trying to think what they did in the classic series, and I, if memory serves you right, we just sort of use a, a negative effect, don't they? When they shoot, it's kind of like... The film goes from from uh, to, to negative or whatever. I don't know, but um, yeah, I suppose it's just because it was different. Um, but different's not bad. I, I will agree with you. It did sort of make me laugh a little bit, and I wasn't. I think that's what I mean. I wasn't sure if I should be laughing. <laughs> I was thinking, well, this should this should be horrific, not not <laughs> not comedic. But um, yeah, no, I, I guess it's good. Yeah, it's good to be different. It was horrific a little bit. What, the it first was, couple yeah. of times I saw it, I was like, wow, mm. it's like. like <laughs> you've been folded up like a sort of little pretzel thing yeah and you bounce around so at, at the time when i first saw it i was like wow this is different and mm. kind of horrific in a, in a way but I, I, I like it i think it's good because it, it would have been all too easy just to zap them and then they're a pile yeah, of true. dust you know yeah fair enough yeah because we had that the last few weeks not that not that they did it a lot but when the monks oh i, I did love people. that effect we yeah. should have seen more of that when they definitely turn yeah. people to sand or whatever yeah yeah but no, I thought it was good. Okay. You know, um, so editing wise, yeah, back to our original point, it did slow down a little bit towards mm. towards the middle part. Um, but, but it did pick up though. It did pick up. I like the um, 
Okay, let's let's talk about the Empress then, because mm. that, that was mainly what this episode was focused on, wasn't it? You know, obviously the title of the episode is about her. Um, so, female Ice Warrior. Yeah. Well, female Ice Empress. A uh, lot of mixed opinions on this because I, when when the Doctor Who magazine came out a couple of weeks back. There was two covers, wasn't there? There was she was on the front cover of one of them. Is that right? And then we yeah. had a Cyberman on the other, Mondasian Cyberman Mondasian, on the other. Yeah. yeah. And then I saw lots of people putting photos of the Ice Empress on there, saying, "This looks dreadful. This looks awful." Oh, really? This okay. Looks really bad. Um, so, well, first of all, what did you think of having a, a female? Because we do get onto this gender thing with Who from time to time normally mm. around when one of the doctors is leaving and we have months and months of the doctor should be a woman. But what did you think to this then with the, the predominantly male, uh, a predominantly species. male species that we've seen thus far. Now we've thrown in an important figure who turns out to be a woman. Yeah. What did you reckon to that? I, I, I thought it worked well personally. I, I, I liked the look of her. I mean, she did remind me a bit of the predator, because of the sort yes. of um, the hair yeah. and that. So yes. there's a bit of predator in the design. Um, now, I thought she looked good, mate. I didn't have a problem with that at all. I thought she she's quite menacing. And she's got those the teeth going on, you know. She needs, uh, needs to pop to the dentist. So, no, I thought she looked quite cool, mate. Um, I, the, the thing, I suppose, that really threw me was the voice. Um, just reminded me too much of the, the Rachnos. I was thinking, it's not the same actress, but I... I thought it might have been when, when I first watched it. Um, but now I thought look-wise she was good. Um, maybe a little bit more hiss <laughs> in the voice. I thought that about all the Ice Warriors in this, actually. There wasn't enough hiss at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, no, I thought she looked good. If I, I thought all the Ice Warriors looked good. I like the one with the, you know, Friday with his smashed glass. And I thought the design on all of it was good. The only thing I didn't like was the stomping sound effect. Because I was thinking, no, that's too Cybermen. Cybermen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, I, it really didn't need that, um, and I and I really didn't like it. So it's the, it's the only thing I didn't like, because I right. thought all the Ice Warriors look good. I like the way they've been updated. They haven't changed the design too much. Um, they look, look look like they mean business, and I thought she looked good. I didn't have a problem with her design at all, but I did hate the stomping. And when they come out of the tombs, they did this sort of salute as well, which was v- very Ice war- uh, very... Cyberman, I thought. Uh, I just didn't like that. I was thinking, no, 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 no. But that's that's Cyberman. These are these are Ice Warriors. We don't need all that stuff. Because I mean, you can't creep up behind someone if you're that loud. Yeah, you can't stomp up behind someone and then them turn around and be like, oh, "There's an Ice Warrior behind me." Well, of course there is. You you hear him coming a mile off. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the only thing I didn't like was the stomping. But I thought they looked great. Yes, I. Th- I- yeah, that was. I thought the same thing. This sounds very Cyberman-y. Yeah, the whole I didn't, didn't need thing. that. Uh, but I like the. I mean, her as a character, I thought she was really good. Yeah, I, and I, I like the connection with Bill as well that I said earlier. Didn't you think that was just made for something a bit more interesting? Very good. Yeah. So yeah. when she turns around and she wants to get the opinion of the only other female. Yeah. I, 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 it, a little part of me thinks you know that's just a big shouty. You know, these are two females in in the company of big males. You know, a little bit sort of. You know, we didn't really need to have that spoon fed, but in a way, I thought it was very cool that that she sort of 
spins around and points at Bill and, you know, Pearl Mackey being just brilliant as always, mm. you know, she sort of jumps at the chance to put her, to throw her two cents in, which I thought was really cool. But like you, I thought she, from the back, especially on the side, she looked very much like the Predator alien. Mm. Yeah, it did remind me of that. Yeah. Uh, the voice, yeah, maybe needed a bit more. Hiss. hissing going on yeah <laughs> um, but yeah i thought i thought she was a, a good character and i thought you know th- there comes a point where you do need to expand on various species and you know their civilization and hierarchy and all that stuff we do need to dive into those things a little bit from time to time because as i said earlier otherwise all you've got is just a bunch of monsters running around killing people and it does get repetitive so you have to venture in a little bit into their, you know, their other way of life. It's not just a, you know, a, a battle warrior running around killing people. I thought she had good authority as well. Do mm. you know what I mean, I thought she she was quite. Um, I felt like she was in charge. You know, oh, yeah. I didn't think yeah. I didn't think she was a pushover. Let's put it that way, because she was quite happy to knock people off left, right, and centre. And uh, I thought it was funny when she was calling. What does the pink thing say, or whatever she said? I thought that was quite funny as well. Yeah, the yeah. pink worm thing or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, i thought she was quite good mate i really didn't didn't have a problem with it at all yes yeah. i thought her her name was called as well iraxa oh is that what she's called iraxa yeah oh that's a cool name yeah so I, I thought, didn't even hear that in the episode but yeah, yeah. i thought that was quite cool and i like the fact that mark glasses did slip in a tiny little thing to say oh, yes yes he did didn't he so when she when she looks up and she's like, sleep no more. <laughs> I thought, yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I read you, mate. You didn't get your sequel, but you're going to plug it home. That <laughs> I could just imagine him writing that as well. When I heard, cause she doesn't say it just once. She says it a few times. And she's he's like, sleep no more. Yeah. Sleep no more. And I thought, oh, that's, that's, you know, yeah. it worked really well actually, but I just imagine Gattis smiling to himself when he put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I thought she was a great character. I really did. I thought she was a good addition to, and I thought she was almost like a cross between uh, an ice warrior and the ice lord that we saw in Curse of Peladon. Mm, yeah, I thought that. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it's a good, another good addition to their, because we still know quite. We don't really know a lot about them, really, do we? This is only a very small hive that they call them, isn't it? that we've mm. uncovered on Mars. And we don't know if there's anyone higher up than her. You know, is there, you know, a, an ice warrior figure that's more in charge than her or are there more of her? I don't know. But Actually, there's one thing this episode did. I mean, I don't, as I said earlier, it didn't have enough for a two-parter, I don't think, but it definitely left me wanting to see the ice warriors again. Do you know what I mean? I, do, I would love to see some more stories with them in because I do think they're a great, um, I was going to say monster, but they don't know as i said there's more to them than that mm. isn't there yeah. but you know what i mean I'd, I'd love to see more stories with the ice warriors um after this yeah mm. i felt like we were just getting going as well you know the the, the way it ended and uh it's a really good ending i thought um but i felt like we were just yeah i was like yeah we're leading into other things now and mm-hmm. you know where do they go from here and i could yeah i'd quite happily sort of have more ice warrior stories yeah absolutely and i think it leaves the door open nicely it does for yeah. a future series to pick up with some of these characters. Iraqsa yeah. being one of them for sure. Maybe Friday as well. He seems yeah. quite good. Um, but yeah, I think 
going back to what you said earlier, I don't think this should have been a two-parter. I agree with no, you. didn't have enough story. It, it was just a nice story to sort of leave you, like you said, wanting to see more. So mm. maybe the Chibbers, he'll, uh, he'll throw these in at some point. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the, the British soldiers then. Because they've... So the whole the whole thing with the British soldiers, and I think I saw an interview or a very short snippet or something that Mark Gattis said the other day, and that is it's kind of a metaphor for Brexit. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And I didn't pick up on that at first. No, it was nor quite did subtle. I. <laughs> yeah. So mm. the fact that you've got one, the fact that you've got one guy, who's uh, I think his name was was Godsaker or Godsake. He was the the, the acting lieutenant he was a guy in charge you know the guy the deserter guy yeah so he all the decisions that he made up to a certain point were to sort of play it safe and just go along the path you know let's let's be strong as a unit you mm. know and let's sort of handle it which is very much the Theresa may let's be strong and stable let's not rock the boat sort of thing yeah and then you had this other guy catch love who was very much the jeremy corbyn you know, I'm going to turn everything on its head and show you how things should be done. And then you have the other soldiers who are just the voters of the country, like, you know, they're, they're under the command of that person, if you like. But there's this other guy that's coming in who's potentially going to shake things up. And he eventually, um, not some, the, the, you know, it gets to a point where it doesn't provide a metaphor for Brexit, where mm. he sort of throws, he throws him, in, into uh, custody and takes over. That's not really what's going on. But apparently, that there was a bit of a metaphor in there somewhere for uh, for Brexit. So I didn't. I thought it was quite subtle. I didn't really pick up uh, on that. But ah, uh, but yeah. I mean, that went that went right over my head. If that's the case, I didn't pick up on any of that. I mean, I did wonder what was going on with the deserter thing. Mm-hmm. As I said earlier, I was trying to think. Well, I wasn't quite sure what Mark Gatiss was getting at mm-hmm. with that. Um, but maybe that's what he was getting at then. Yeah, maybe. but it does make more sense. But no, I didn't pick up on that at all, mate. That, that went straight over my head. Mm. Um, you said you didn't think they were the best actors when we kicked off the review. I don't think they were that bad. I thought they were okay because, you know, we're doing all the whole, you know, jolly jolly sticks and, you know, it's all very British and all that. What, what? Um, yeah. What, what, what? Um, no, Not I didn't think they were too bad. I thought the deserted guy was quite good. Um, the the one thing I would say is I, d- I didn't catch any of their names. Even on the second watch, I was thinking this. I thought, God, when we come to review this, can't remember any of their names, these guys. Um, okay. So I didn't think that about all of them. Mm. Um, the, the the two main characters, so uh, uh, Godsaker and Catchlove. So the deserter guy, Godsaker, I thought he was very good. And mm. I thought Catchlove... Um, played by Ferdinand Kingsley. I thought he was playing it exactly written. He was meant to be this real sort of jumped up, overconfident, yeah. uh, sort of annoying character. And I, I I really liked his performance. It was the other soldiers that I wasn't too keen on. I just found them a little. So um, Major Peach, he was like the older sort of gentleman that was on guard who got drugged. Um, you then had Vincey, who was the um, the younger black soldier, who was on guard, and then you had Jack Daw, which is the guy that turns up and he drugs Major Peach because he's after the treasure. He sort of breaks into, you know, and takes the jewel off the thing. Yeah. So yeah. those guys, I just thought they, yeah, I, I wasn't. Don't get me wrong. I think, I'm not saying that it's, it's a huge criticism and they were they were bad. I just didn't get anything from them in their performances and the scenes that they were in. You didn't sort of feel much um, 
towards them sort of thing. No, yeah. not really. Yeah. No, no, fair enough. Well, yeah. I thought they were okay. Yeah, as I said, it's yeah. Um, they, they, they just would, were fine. Yeah. Like you said, no, no one stood out in this as the, you know, like when they got killed off, I didn't sort of think, Oh no, they've killed off peachy or whatever. You know, exactly. I didn't get any of yeah. that. Um, yeah. whereas I just kind of thought they were there and like you said, sort of did their bit and that was it really. But no, I thought they were all right. Not, not, not yeah. good, not bad. Um, really. What did you think? I thought that, you know, we've said about the look of the episode in the last couple of mm-hmm. stories, like we were, we were quite impressed up until, um, last week weren't we <laughs> about the style of the show yeah. and the, the effects in it were, were fairly decent and then uh last week's episode um live the land the effects were a bit shoddy um but i thought this kept it quite nice and simple so having it filmed well i'm presuming it was a real cave or yeah wherever like the it. location yeah. was looked looked really good we got to see a little bit of mars on the outside when they come out of the end it did look a little bit budget mars but it it still looked good i thought i mean it, i say that because if you compare it to like how the moon looked in kill the moon i mean that was incredible yeah the, you know yeah. um this you know was a tiny scene obviously that you know they've kept it min- minimal for that um but i thought it looked decent enough and i liked the costumes and that in this didn't you i thought the designs were really good this funny little looked like one of those little gramophone speakers on the side of their spacesuits. uh <laughs> um the yeah Victorian guys, I mean, not mm-hmm. not Capaldi. Capaldi space it was all sort of black, wasn't modern, it? Modern, so, yeah, modern. But yeah, I like the sort of style of the spacesuits in this with that little funny speaker trumpet, <laughs> whatever it was on it. I thought it all looked good. So overall, for me, I just wanted. I just thought again. I thought the sort of production values had um, gone up again a little bit. Still not as good as we've seen before, but they were kept sort of basic. So when we saw like the Ice Warrior tomb, you know, I thought that looked fairly good. As a, as a sort of bit of CGI, you know, there wasn't anything in this episode where I thought that doesn't look very good. You know, there was no pyramids flying into space shot this week where I cringed. I thought, I thought overall the production was pretty decent. No, I agree. I thought it was a great looking episode. Yeah. And this always happens in every single series of who there's always that one episode where you think, okay, they clearly haven't got a huge budget for this particular episode. They've, yeah. they've figured out that they can do it in just one or two locations and they can do it fairly cheaply. And I think this must be the Series 10 version of that. Yeah, because the lighting and all that was good, wasn't it? You know, yeah, it was really good. Lit yeah. And that. They, yeah, I think they've made the most of what they hmm. had to hand. And yeah. It, yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah. What about Murray's music? Murray's music... Um, little bit by numbers this week i was going to say nothing that stood out really no No, nothing jumped out and i thought oh that's an amazing theme i can't wait for series 10 to be released in 2032 whatever it is um but no just a little bit standard a little bit meta i would say maybe that's why they had to put the cybermen music in the trailer because there wasn't anything because there wasn't like you said there was there's nothing that really stood out to me this week where I was thinking, oh, I love this piece of music or hmm. like you said, you know, I'd love, to, oh, I can't wait for the soundtrack because this is cool. There, It was just kind of there this week, wasn't it? Yeah. Just tinkering around, adding yeah. a bit of ambience. Yeah, it was all right. Hmm. Mm. Uh, what did you think to Bill and Nardol this week? Let's get Nardol out the way. Um, yeah, just like Margatis, let's get him out the way. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought he was, he's one thing that I will say about both um, Pearl and Matt Lucas is that they've been very consistent throughout mm-hmm. the series. So yeah. even though Nardo hasn't had a lot of screen time, his performance is still exactly what you would expect from his character. 
That's one mm-hmm. thing I will say. Even though Mark Gatiss sort of shelved him for, you know, 90% of the episode, he what, when he was in it, he was really quite good. Uh, you know, uh, very especially when he walks up to the doctor, he's like, now before you get all frowny. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so those little bits of banter with the doctor and stuff, we've seen that right from the pilot. Mm-hmm. Those little interactions, those little funny things and... And he plays scared really well as, you know, when he's in the TARDIS and it's fine itself and he looks petrified. And yeah. so I, I like Matt Lucas. I think if anything, I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but at least you know exactly what you're getting. There's no inconsistency with him. No, I, I, I agree, mate. I, I loved all that. Don't, you know, don't be frowny and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, um, I do question whether he would have let Missy out of the vault, though, because I thought he was terrified of her, you know, Um. Mm. And he's been banging on about the Doctor about guarding it this whole series. And to know he's very easily convinced to let her out of the vault to fly the TARDIS. Um, but it's a yeah, it's a minor thing really because I like you said I I do enjoy the little scenes he's in. Um, mm. I just I want an explanation though. I'm assuming Miss I think Miss is all part of Mrs. Plan. I'm assuming she somehow manipulated the TARDIS I don't know I don't know why that happened but um yeah yeah, yeah. it was I mean it was a good in a way it was you know clearly Gattis decided he needed to get Lucas out of it maybe he felt like he didn't have enough you know material to write him or maybe the mothball said you know look we've got to get Missy out of the vault so you need to put this in the story I don't know there must be a reason there for the TARDIS doing what it did um and I've I've got to say I absolutely love that shot of Missy when she just peaks from behind the TARDIS she she's much more sinister when she's playing it subtle like yeah. she is at the minute I'm loving Missy this series I we're, the same with Matt Lucas I I sort of every week I want more of them um, mm-hmm. and I think it's good actually because I think they've given us just enough to keep us wanting more so yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a sort of um, double-edged sword because if we did get more probably wouldn't be feeling that so i love the fact that we've just got these little bits with them in and we don't quite know what they're up to and but didn't she look really sinister when she just poked her head around the tardis and she looked a little bit like um i know i shouldn't be here but uh you know (laughs) thank me all the same um and i didn't pick up on this the first watch but i did the second watch because I didn't understand why she was asking the doctor if he was all right. I was just like, it didn't, it just went over my head on the first watch. But so I'm guessing then she's picked up that something's not right with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's looking him up and down going, what's wrong with you? Exactly. Yep. So is this, this is, there's something going on with the regeneration, isn't there? There's something, Capaldi's not well, is he? It has or to be. she's, yeah. she's picked up on it. Now you see, I didn't get that on the first watch. And when I, when I watched it a second time, I kind of was a little bit like, Oh, Mm-hmm. I was a little bit like, ooh, so what's going on there then? So she, she's she's picked up on something, hasn't she? Which, again, I just, I'm loving this Capaldi, Missy, you know, sort mm-hmm. of standoff. It, yeah, I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing where we're going with that. Yeah, it's great because I'm, when she looked him up and down and she, she does it for just a second too long. Because you can tell that she's, she immediately notices that human eyes we can't see it mm. but as a as a fellow time lord she can obviously pick it up immediately that something is not right with him yeah you know and she does it she looks him up and down and she there's quite a lot of concern in her voice you know she knows that yeah so this must be linked to this regeneration thing that we suspect has been going on anyway mm. um but we're, we've only got three episodes left i know so they they 
kind of I'm not saying that they need to rush that storyline or that story arc really but they do need to flesh it out a little bit we don't just want to have it all rushed in the finale mm. you know and so I mean that sounds dreadful we've only got three episodes I know I just put my head in my hands when you said that I'm like no yeah. three more well four, with four more Powdy, yeah. including the Christmas yeah. yeah oh my goodness but yeah when she when the first time I watched it I thought I in my head I think I must have been half asleep when I first watched it I just <laughs> thought she was asking him Oh, are you all right? Like you would, you know, because he's obviously just had an adventure and she's like saying, Oh, you're okay. And it was only when I watched it the second time and she, I'm like, Oh, she's looking him up and down and she can see mm. something that I picked up on the fact that she realizes that he's he's not a well man. Um, so yeah, I like that. Again, very subtle, nice little mm-hmm. bit added in to this risk regeneration. Uh, we don't know what Mothball's got up his sleeve, but he's already said it's going to be something different, isn't he? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I still don't think we're going to see it in this series because Capaldi's back for Christmas. Yeah, so, no, I don't think so. Yeah. No. So I think we're going to allude to it and I think we're going to be left on a massive cliffhanger, which is going to kill us until December. But That's I, exactly what I think. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think we're going to see a reach because I think they've already got that little tease out of the way. You know, they did that last episode. Where oh, they did that the silly fake, fake regeneration. Yeah. yeah. So I think they've got that done now i think it's a case of right how long has he got left that's more of the the thing i i think they're going to go down the lines of so he's obviously unwell in how you know whoever time lords are unwell yeah um, there was some there, there has been some theories knocking around that he's in a regeneration process at the moment so since the, it all happened with um his sight coming back or his, or him losing his sight, should I say? Mm-hmm. Some people have said that, you know, his regeneration has started, but it's just a drawn out, you know, longer version. I'm not sure, but, but she didn't know. She didn't notice anything last week when they were sat together by that fire. And no, they didn't. she was no. sort of crying and, you know, he's trying to teach her the, how to be good. So she, she hasn't noticed anything up to this point. Then we can assume, cause she looked a bit mm. shocked, didn't she? So yeah, I, I just, I love the fact, like you said, I know we've only got three episodes left, but I love the fact that we've got these things, these strands, like, you know, what's going on with the Doctor? Is mm-hmm. Missy going to repent? We know that John Sims about to pop up. In fact, the Radio Times actually announced which episode he's returning in. I'm not going to say it because I felt that was a bit spoilery, but so yeah. I know when Sims coming back and, you know, so I'm just, it's all starting to fall into place. I just hope, like you, that it's not all just shoved into the, final episode and i hope it's nicely played out because it has been so far yeah yeah, yeah absolutely mate so yeah, yeah i agree miss a very sinister i like when it, she sort yeah. of leans Just around the center console. Yeah, yeah and she's quite quiet and reserved mm. um so, okay so what did you so uh nardo and missy what did you think to bill in this then um i i thought she was good i think i'm in a minority in what i'm about to say I was slightly finding her a bit cocky this week, only okay. slightly. Um, and I, I don't know, listening to other people's views and listening to other podcasts, people were saying she was great again this week, which she was. Um, I loved all the stuff with um, her interaction with the Empress and all that. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think she was really good this week. But for me, the way she was written, you know, like Bill's starting to lose a bit of that innocence, a bit like Rose did. Yes. You know how yeah. like Rose mm-hmm. became very comfortable with being on all the adventures and she starts sort of answering back a lot and you know sort of um, there's nothing wrong with standing up for yourself. I mean the scene where Bill says you know I'm going to excuse you for your Victorian ways because 
oh well you'll be doing you know that made for a nice fun scene but yeah they, she was written a little bit more confident a little i would say slightly more cocky this week um which i wasn't i prefer the sort of bill that's a bit more human and a bit more um I don't know, just a bit softer. I, I saw a bit right. more of an edge to this week, and I think a lot of people will probably like that. So, I'm, as I said, I'm probably in the minority. But, um, but do you know what I mean about that? Like, even even in the very first scene, uh, she makes a quip to the guy at NASA, and I forget what it is now. And I thought, oh, Bill's Bill's found her confidence. Then she's not afraid to sort of answer back now. Whereas at one point, she would have been a bit more, um, I don't know, not some not so quick to to mouth off i don't know it's it's very subtle and as i said i still think she was great but yeah i just sort of found she's maybe it's progression mate maybe she's just progressing the character a bit but i didn't like her as much as i have in other episodes i suppose is is what i'm trying to get to i read you yeah so i think that's potentially that is just her character progression because mm. we are sort of nine episodes in now yeah so you would expect her to be a little more not sort of overly cocky and confident like rose was a little bit or clara but she yeah. she must be starting to get a bit more comfortable because with a lot of companions they do rely on the doctor having a plan so there is that they do feel like there's a bit of a safety net with everything so they can relax a little not relax but they can be a bit more comfortable in mm. in that because she does say it in this episode doesn't she when the doctors um when they get thrown into the cell she's like so you've got a plan right and, and the doctor says uh of course, I've got a plan, and he, you know, he sort of does. Um, but yeah, she, I, I think she's. It must just be character progression. She must just be more comfortable around. Yeah, I think I just I like the more sort of slightly innocent Bill, like you know, like um, she's sort of normally horrified by sort of gore and uh, and you know the fact that they're yeah. looking at dead people. Whereas this week she was talking about a film, and she was like, "Oh, there's this great scene where a guy gets his eyes gouged out and all that." I was thinking. Oh, you know, what's happened to Bill? She's suddenly like this, you know, I don't know. There were just little moments that I just thought they weren't. Yeah. I just thought, well, I hope she's not going down that. She's mm -hmm. going to be sort of jumping out, you know, offloading around. Oh yeah. A bit like last week when I said about shooting the doctor, I was just like, no, this isn't, you know, I like the bill that we saw earlier in the series, not this sort of gun toting yeah. slightly. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to see her going cocky like series two rows, I guess. I um, but yeah. yeah, she's nowhere near that yet, by the way, I'm just saying, I just sort of saw little elements of it this week, which I didn't yeah. really like. Yeah. Okay. I'll read you. And yeah. the doctor then. Old Capaldi. Old Capaldi. <laughs> I loved him this week, mate, especially of all the, as I said, channeling, um, like the fourth doctor and stuff. And he's so in charge, uh, mm -hmm. at the minute Capaldi. That's what I love. Like when he's shouting, halt, and, you know, and when he was talking to the Empress and just sort of saying, you know, don't kill these guys um, because and it, it just totally in charge of the situation. I loved it. And a nice bit of interaction with him and Bill when he said, um, I need a distraction. And she's like, cool, I'll do it. And I love all that. I just thought once again, working brilliantly as a, as a doctor companion team to get the situation solved. So, yeah, very, very nice performance from Capaldi this week very good me. again yeah and consistent we said earlier we just wanted him to be consistent and he really really is yes being consistent in his performance yeah i would say so. yeah, i agree with you mate he was very much in charge this episode mm. he was uh, uh there was a nice little moment as well when he's threatening to when he's pointing the the gargantua thing at the ceiling and he's threatening to bury everybody under the ice cap and so on 
Yeah. Which doesn't doesn't come off, but he does sort of mention afterwards. He has a little moment where he's like, I probably shouldn't. Well, what is it he says? I can't. I can never remember these things off the top of my head. But he says something to Bill or to himself, even like, I should stop thinking like a. Oh yeah, sorry. That's my problem. I always think like a warrior or That's something. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was a nice little moment where mm. he he's kind of got his plan, but it would have killed everybody. And you know, there's clearly a better way. Yeah. So those nice little sort of self self reflection moments, mm. quite nice with Capaldi. But no, just brilliant overall. Just yeah. His delivery is just great as well as isn't it? Like he's really. Like I said when he's delivering his lines, he's totally. Um, uh, hitting the nail on the head, if you like, and yes. it's just his whole look as well. This this more rugged, you know, hair messed up look that that he's gone for in this series is is just working so well. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks haggard. He looks like he's been around the universe. You know, um, yeah, just really, really loving him as the Doctor. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no complaints for Capaldi. Uh, anything you want to mention, mate, before we get on to our scores? Well, there is something we have to mention. Go on. Is that? Funny voiced. Oh, of course. Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri. How did we forget that? How I've did drawn I an eyeball that? on my pad to remind me. Yeah, so um, I'm assuming you didn't know about it before it aired and it was a surprise. Or did you get it ruined like me on Twitter? Um, I I heard a, a very, I saw a very quick pass into it on Twitter. Oh, no. Yeah. See, I was, I was gutted because yeah. I think if I hadn't known about it, mm-hmm. when she popped up, or sorry, when it popped up at the end, I think I would have been going crazy like a lot of people. Yeah. It was. <sighs> Blimmin' Twitter, mate. I, I saw someone put it on there and it, they'd, um, they did a, photo shoot didn't they or something with all these clues around the doctor and bill and somebody had worked it out and they put oh it's alpha centuri and it was mm-hmm. just a passing comment yeah, that's what i saw didn't yeah. really think anything of it mm-hmm. and then we're getting towards the end of the episode and i thought oh no i know mm. what's coming i've had it I, I've, I've ruined it yeah. um so i was gutted mate because i would have loved that to have been a complete surprise because we've already amazing. had enough spoilers yeah. for this series. There's yeah. so much been spoiled from this series. Um, so yeah, uh, it, but it was amazing, wasn't it, to have that oh, that little brilliant. appearance at the end? Yeah, and I love the fact that it it sets up the story that would lead on to the Curse of Peladon. Yeah, because, and it's the ori- sorry. Yeah, because that's the. Uh, did you say it was the original? Act? It's the original actress as well, because I assumed it wouldn't be. Because um, I no offence to her, but I thought, oh, oh she must be getting on a bit. But it actually is. Um, how, I don't know how you say her name. Is it Yazane? Yasan. 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 Yasan Churchman. Churchman. Um, oh, of course, yeah. Who's yeah. Uh, ninety-two? Um, to actually get her back to to voice it, I just think is top-notch. You know, yeah, that's amazing. Absolutely yeah. wonderful little touch. Um, yeah, I uh, just thought it made for a really nice end yeah. to the episode. Yeah, and I like the fact because at the end the. Uh, the doctor saying that you know you can, you know you can sort of rebuild and uh, and carry on, but you're going to need to sort of muck in with other people. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he sort of sends a distress call out, and it's it's Alpha Centauri that you hear on the thing, and you're like, wow, this is amazing, and you see the see it on the yeah yeah. Um, it's so a I, lovely, lovely touch. Yeah. So if any of our listeners who have not in not into classic Who and have not seen the Curse of Peladon. It's definitely worth watching because you can see that because the uh, Alpha Centauri, she's she's like the spokesperson in the Galactic Federation, isn't she? It not it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
And at that point, once we get to the Curse of Peladon, you can tell that the Ice Warriors have joined that as well because an Ice Lord goes to the goes to Peladon as well. Mm. And there's another alien species, which is hilarious. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so if you haven't seen the Curse of Peladon and you've just watched Empress of Mars, go and watch it because you will. it's a really good link into it. It's great, mm. yeah. Actually, that's why I loved as I saw straight afterwards, I saw loads of people, well, not loads, but I saw a few people on Twitter saying, oh, I'm going to go out and buy the Peladon box set on Monday now because I've never watched them. And oh, wow. I was thinking, oh, yeah. that's cool. So it's got it's got people into the classic series, although they're not they're not by any means my favourite episodes of the classic era. But a lot, of, I know a lot of people loved them. You you really liked oh, the oh, Curse, didn't you? But, yeah, I'm not a fan um, of Monster of, but I've, the no. Curse of Peladon I thought was a great story. Really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lovely touch, I thought. Really, yes. really nice. Yeah. yeah. Right, mate. Scores. It's you to go first. Hit me. Is it? Yeah. Oh, um, do you know, I might be getting a little high, but I did really enjoy this one. I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. An eight. I did enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I wondered if I, I, yeah, I struggled. I think on a first watch, I would have gone seven, but I enjoyed it a lot on a second watch. So eight out of ten for me, mate. Cool. What about you? I'm going to give it an eight out of ten. Are you really? I another, thought you might go lower. Another yeah. snap. Yeah, another snap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just thought it was a great standalone story. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I think it's because it's refreshing to come out of that monks trilogy, just to have another fun, sort of, you know. And it did feel very classic. Who it felt. It yeah. did feel classic. Who to me. Yeah. yeah. So it had a great feeling to it. The Ice Warriors. I thought. I thought they were done really well. Really nice inclusion of another character within the Ice Warrior lore, if you like. And uh, yeah, I just thought that it was just a great, fun story to watch. You know, it was. Um, I'm still, I'm still undecided about the Empress. I thought that as we've talked about it in the review, I've sort of talked myself round to thinking she's a great character. But I think I just need mm. to give it another watch, yeah, just to confirm that. But yeah, overall, I thought it was just a a really good singular story. It went up to an eight in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes for me. I think up until that point, I was probably on a sort of seven. I was sort of all the way through this thinking, yeah, it's good, but it's a bit slow. I'm not sure. And then it just really rounded off nicely. And by mm. the end of it, I was just thinking, I actually really enjoyed that, which is why I went up to an eight. I just thought it was probably probably an extra half a point for Alpha Century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was sort of between seven and eight. So, yeah, yeah, it was good. Cool. What did our lovely listeners think? Uh, over on Twitter, uh, Davros1736 says, the best Doctor Who comeback ever. Ooh. I genuinely whooped in delight when I saw Alpha Centauri. Uh, he says, a good, strong, fun romp. I say 8 out of 10. Oh, another 8 out of 10. Good. Another 8, yeah. Uh, let's do a couple of audio reviews. We've got four in. We're going to do two back-to-back now. This is uh, Sammy Satine from Down Under and Joe Sweeney. G'day, Gary and Adam. Sammy Satine here. So, the Empress of Mars. I love Mark Gatiss and I enjoy most of his episodes, Night Terrors and Sleep No More being the exceptions. I also love the Ice Warriors and the Empress is just excellent. Alpha Centauri appeared! Scree! This was fun and I really needed a fun story. Can I just say, Chris Chibnall, please bring Mark back to write more stories in the future. Please! He's so fun. Anyway, so 9 out of 10 for big fun. See ya. The Empress of Mars is one of the bestest 
Gattis' story up to date, but not the greatest overall in series 10, but it's a very good, solid piece of story. And um, I'm very surprised it's written by Mark Gattis because of the previous episodes he's written for here in the past because some were half decent and um and like sleep no more was just utter dreadful and it was unforgivable but mark Gattis, you proved me and us men's Hoovians wrong and i'll say to you well done and the the ice warriors were absolutely fantastic to see and 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 also there's nothing being changed about them that they stay true and faithful from from the classics and then that's what makes them so good and their and their armor looks superb um there's a um, peter and um pearl were were also brilliant on screen there's a few issues um one was um the victorian soldiers being on mars i find that um quite um um far-fetching and um and the TARDIS suddenly materializing out of nowhere which I hope Morfitt clears this up because otherwise it'll just be a pothole and it'd be lazy writing and Missy um I'm starting to think that she's an another time lord and that she's not the master and that the real master is hiding but we'll just have to wait and see so overall a very good story, not the greatest. So I'll give a score of them 8 out of 10. Thank you very much, Joe. 8 out of 10. Yeah, again. Yeah, another 8. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Sammy. Uh, right, over on Facebook, Jeff Waddle says, by far and away the best story from Gattis. Good Lord. References to classic Who overload, as well as references to new Who classic horror films and bank holiday films from my childhood. Uh, a Doctor Who Zulu Journey to the Centre of the Earth mashup. The Ice Warriors have never been better. Uh, and come on, the end with everyone's favourite phallic mm-hmm. hexapod was a punch <laughs> the air moment. Mm-hmm. Even better when you find out um, voiced uh, who voiced it. I didn't even realise it was the same lady, you know. No. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, he gave it 9 out of 10. Wow, Jeff, impressed. Leslie Shergold, have spent a lovely afternoon stomping around the house with my nephews <laughs> doing Ice Warrior impressions. Yeah. Uh, he says, best episode of the Capaldi era for me, just because the way it watched all the way through, they got it, they understood it at a very basic level. Jacob was excited to see uh, Romans in the next time trailer. Uh, Jacob is his nephew, by the way. Um, and uh, and we could muck about and intimidate, uh, Im- imitate the episode afterwards, which was lovely. Uh, Gaz delivered for me. Finally, this year, a show that understands it's a family show and not necessarily just drama. Mm. Uh, he said, the boys loved that the Ice Warrior guns folded its victims into a parcel as well. He gives it a 9 out of 10. <laughs> oh, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. think how to describe it earlier. Yeah. yeah. yeah let's do another audio clip. This is uh, first time audio senderina. This Ooh. is Martin Arnold. Hello, guys. Love the show. Uh, just thought I'd let you know that I thought The Empress of Mars was a, a cracker of an episode. Um, good to see the show get back to telling self-contained stories, although this time I think it could have probably been a, a really solid two-parter, just like they did with the Silurians back in the um, the 11th Doctor's era. Um, yeah, it's really great to see the Ice Warriors again. Uh, a, a full-on treat seeing um, Alpha Centauri. I, I dared to hope, and, and, and there she, he was, in all his, her glory. Um, fantastic stuff. Uh, you know, this is what the show needs, I think, to get back to this sort of thing. Hopefully it'll continue. Jelly babies all round. Pip, pip. 
Hey, thank you, Martin. Jelly babies indeed. Let's let's kick off uh, our last audio clip. This is from Jay Kent. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're having a nice day. Now, Empress of Mars was a golden little nugget of fun, in my opinion. From the first scene where the Doctor and Bill had banter bouncing off each other, I knew I'd love it. It felt like a proper Who episode. No pretentious monologues or gritty and real scenarios. Just Victorians on Mars, and that sounds ridiculous, but isn't that the whole point of Who, to balance ridiculousness and drama? There were some brilliant characters with decent arcs, and I loved it all. You could tell Gattis had a blast writing this one, and it definitely shows there were a few bits in it that did turn it down a few pegs like whatever was going on with the TARDIS but apparently Moffat ordered the script to be rewritten to include Nardo in it for whatever reason and as always Moffat ruins a decent story but genuinely it is an enjoyable episode and I could watch it time and time again I give Empress of Mars 8 out of 10 see you next week guys and God save the Queen thank you jay nice one jay thank you very much right the last few on facebook rob kernick says incredible gassis has done it again incredibly well thought out story amazing characters great everything classic who mixed with new uh sad to see nardle go for this episode but he would have wouldn't have really uh filled a role even if he was in it uh 9.5 mm-hmm. uh lewis palmer really enjoyed it the ice warriors were used really well and i like that the ending was pretty much a happy one for all the characters i think it's going to be one that I'll return to often. Seven out of ten. Ooh. Jake Birdwhistle says, I missed the first two minutes because I had the telly on mute <laughs> and I was on my phone, which annoyed me, but I like this episode. Not Mark's best, but a good episode. Some of the characters felt a bit 2D, uh, though Catchlove was a stereotypical idiot uh, who was an arse to everyone. Uh, I liked uh, the ice cream. Her design was brilliant. That cameo from Alpha Centauri was amazing. But something that annoyed me... Um, about this episode um, was the fact that people were judging it before it even aired because of Mark's previous shambles, sleep no more and look how much we were <laughs> dreading smile because uh, Frank's previous episode was terrible. It turned out semi-decent. Uh, he gives it a 7.5. Thanks. I'm just laughing because I like the word shambles. Shambles. Yeah. Jason Thayer enjoyed it, especially that cameo from Alpha Centauri. Uh, some great uh, scares and Gattis doing what he does best, writing a fun story, 8 out of 10. Mm, Miles McKenzie, simple, easy to follow, fun, classic story. This would pass for a classic Doctor Who from the 70s any day. Uh, Peter, Pearl and Matt were great, as always, and Missy turning good is such an interesting plot. Uh, 9.5. Oh, very high. Finn Morris, in, in sorry, Finn Morris Young, uh, interesting concepts but lacking in some parts, 6 out of 10. Oh dear, Finn. And lastly, Martin Arnold, who sent in the audio clip, also jumped on Facebook and simply said, loved it. Loved it. Anything on the Geeks handbag page? Yeah, I had a couple on the old Geeks. Um, so we had uh, Charlie Turner gave me lots of s- in his review and he gives it an 8.5 out of 10. Cheers, Charlie. He really liked it. Uh, Martin Asquith said, stunning episode. And yes, Alpha Centauri. Uh, Robert James Billingham also said brilliant cameo from Alpha Centauri. Matt Vernon said it was much better than he expected. Uh, good fun. Um, ben Tabner said it was amazing. David Wakefield, yeah, pretty entertaining. So, don't know, a bit in the middle there. Kevin Mullen thought it was outstanding, quite possibly one of the best Ice Warriors stories since Seeds of Death. Certainly Mark gets his best. He says he gives it a 9 out of 10. Dean Jones wasn't sure um, what to expect, um, but he thought the Ice Warriors were great. He gives it an 8 out of 10. 
Uh, Mark Daniel Maloney, solid episode. Old school, he says. Nice to see the Ice Warriors back. Um, Paul, I read this as Peter Davidson. It's Paul Davidson with a D. He says, amazing. <laughs> he got goosebumps when I heard that voice. I think he's talking about Alpha Centauri. Hmm. Uh, Scott, Gillard, Scott Gerard says, apart from the big cameo, he thought it was just okay um and Ooh. finally elliot beasley yeah he thought it was a bit now um elliot beasley sent me a lovely long review um i'll just uh, read out the main points uh, he thought it was a very fun watch very refreshing after the monk trilogy uh he thought um uh, that uh, finally after all these years we get to see the upright crocodiles on their home planet uh, he enjoyed cold war their first appearance in modern who had quite high hopes for this episode and he says it didn't disappoint he also mentions the queen victoria painting that i did earlier um, he says overall it wasn't as good as the seat of death but it was still a solid episode, 8.5 out of 10. So mainly cool. positive. And finally, I'll just go to my little Twitter poll, which I love doing every week, uh, which I thought was quite positive this week. So um, we had 6% thought it was poor, 18% thought it was average, 38% said it was good, and 38% said it was excellent. So most of these episodes so far on this poll have been getting the highest majority and excellent, which is very good news for mm. Doctor Who. Uh, but this week, um, kind of a bit more evened out. So, yeah, but overall, very, very good response for this episode, I think. Really I think cool. major, a lot of people mainly surprised that, um, I think Jake said a lot of people uh, perhaps had judged it before it aired because it was Mark Gattis after mm -hmm. his last episode. So maybe a lot of people were just relieved that we got a very straightforward, <laughs> decent story this week. No, I think that's, yeah, that's often the case if, yeah, the writer's done a a few clangers. Then you'll, you sometimes judge it, but no. Overall, very positive this one. Yes. So thank you all for sending in your uh, audio clips and your thoughts and reviews. And I think we'll do there for one four six. Okay. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us and sticking with us through episode 146. It's been great talking through who, as always, not a fan of some of the news this week. I must say that confirmed closing date has just made it real. Yeah. You know, because up to this point, it was always that tiny little chance that, you know, Cardiff Council were going to extend the lease or they were going to move it somewhere else. But to hear that the final date is now there is yeah it's made it real yeah I know what you mean yeah but otherwise some good stuff uh, let us know if you pick up the uh, tickets to the um, the special screening of episode 11 uh, over in Cardiff that would be great really hope you guys uh, some of our listeners bagged in some tickets I know it's uh, it's a bit of a strange one <laughs> only 15 pairs available but fingers crossed for you guys that you get some thank you so much for sending in your uh, audio clips really appreciate that you guys take the time out to do that anyone that hasn't sent in an audio clip before just do it all you've got to do is pick up your smartphone I think most of them Apple, Samsung all of them you can just record basic audio so just throw your thoughts in an audio clip and email it over we'd love to hear your voice on the podcast mm. and to all those guys that uh, chat away on Facebook and Twitter and give us your thoughts that's really cool so thank you so much for 
for doing that each and every week. We love you. We love you. Yes. Uh, so head over to the website www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all of the previous shows on there Uh, plus you can uh, link off to all the social stuff and give us a like and a follow that'd be great and there's also subscription links on there so if you're an iTunes listener or whoever else Android podcast whatever just click the link and away you go and if you are an iTunes listener a review or a rating would be awesome because that helps us out loads. Remember to check out Adam's channel, The Geek's Handbag. Yay! Yay! Just do a search for The Geek's Handbag on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all that. Some great, great stuff on there. Superb videos. You'll get lost in it. Once you watch one video, a train starts and that's it. So check out Adam's (laughs) channel. So enjoy the Eaters of Light this Saturday and our review of that next week. Until then... Monroe. (laughs) My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember... 